0: How do you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face,
1: face. Dude, I'm so funny I inverted an epiglottis.
0: Let's round up the faceless and get some pajamas! Dude, I didn't know my head was a bank. That's fucking awesome. I don't want to eat so many toasty rolls. I just shit a tire. I off of this towel so much it might be a surfboard. Mister Schmidt is an entertainer, not a fool. Hey, what's happening, my Schmidt, forty-year-old boring podcast? Happy New Year, everybody! Happy 2019. Uh, I am glad that you're here. I am excited that you're here. I could not sound less excited. <laughs> why do I sound? Why do I sound so bad? I'm like, hey guy, hey, Happy New Year. Whatever the fuck. That was my imitation of a fucking rolly horn. Uh, is that what that's called? That thing with the, it's like it's kind of like a snail and then you're blowing it and it's a snake? A snail snake. That's what we'll call it. I like the rolly horn, but I think I'm going to go with snail snake. Uh, initially a snail. You're blowing it snake. And it also goes... Hurray! <laughs> uh, roly horn. Uh, you know, let's put a poll up. I'm just, that's from now on, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull because I have nobody else in the building here. Nobody here to tell me what's right or what's wrong. I throw this out to you guys and I say, let's put up a poll. Roly horn or snake, sna- or snail snake. Snail. Uh, I knew I was going to fuck that up eventually. Snail snake. Sake. Sail sake. Sail snail. Why am I losing ends? <sighs> Take a breath. All right. Roly horn or snail snake. You be the judge. You be decide. decide. Uh, <laughs> hi. How you doing? Again, like I said, Happy New Year to all you guys, 2019. We are in the middle of it. Well, not in the middle of the year, but in the middle of the New Year celebration. As I record this, it is a January 2nd, which is Wednesday. It'll be January 3rd very soon here uh, <laughs> because, unfortunately, I'm recording late on Wednesday night, so this will probably go up Thursday morning sometime, I would imagine. I don't know exactly when, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, I think you can probably tell by my voice. Although, you know what? Now that I listen to my voice... Really kicking into gear here as I listen to it on this microphone. As I listen to myself talking to you, uh, I sound damn good. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I sound fucking terrific. Because I, I, I and I'll tell you all about that a little bit later. Well, what does that mean? I have plans for my voice. I'll tell you that a little later. Uh, that's what I meant to say, of course. I always mean to say things and then I say them incorrectly and then I'll tell you, I'll tell them about it later. And then it never, yeah, you know what? Because my favorite Van Halen song is hear about it later. Maybe that's why, maybe that's my touchstone. Uh, you'll have to hear about it later. Any any cool thing I've got to say, hear about it later. Initially, I'm going to set up polls regarding rolly horns and snail snakes. I hope you had a good new year. I hope you had a celebration. I hope you got together with friends and you clinked plastic glasses that had champagne in them and you chugged those and you got out your snail snakes and you made a bunch of noise. <laughs> All over the fucking universe, Uh, and it's New Year's. This is a thing I don't know. Like when Ahmad was here, I should tell you this. I'm I'm a little lost. I'm a little boy lost. Because uh, my good friend Ahmad is gone, and he and I were palling around with our slingshots and causing all sorts of trouble and uh, you know, pulling on girls' pigtails and having a good time in the playground. And then he gets back on a plane, and he goes home, and then I'm here trying to hold down the fort by myself and become an adult again. Nobody wants to become an adult again. I mean, look, nobody wants to be an adult once. Uh, But then when Ahmad gets to come to town, and I get to let it go, and I'm like, ah, wee, fun, I'm a kid. And then he leaves, and it's like, ah, man. Because when he was here, dude, it was two weeks of just... uh, You know what's funny? It, It was... It was teenage debauchery, like when you're not getting laid and you're just, oh, let's play video games all night and then we'll watch movies all night and then we'll eat a bunch of cool ass food and then we'll drink soda and garbage and it. And it was it was excellent. You know what? I haven't used that word in a long time, but I would say it was absolutely excellent to have him out here. Uh, And now he's gone. I put him on a plane last Friday. Uh, well, I didn't put him on a plane. That seems weird. I threw a blanket over his head, and I, I ran him into the airport and just shoved him into the fucking galleyway. Take him. Bye. I split out to my car, which I had left at a curb. You ever watch one of those old movies now where somebody parks at the curb in, a, in an airport? And then they don't get towed immediately or shot in the face by a reckless officer. And you go to yourself, well, look at that. Look at that simpler time that I wish we had back. Or those times, uh, there was always those stories. Uh, you would always see them. And this has been beaten to death. But, I mean, when a, a guy would chase a woman down the the airport way, like the Galleyway, and he'd be like, I love you. And he'd kiss her on the plane. And everybody would be like, yay, they love each other. And then not one of them needed to be shot by an air marshal. I mean, well, let's put it this way. They both needed to be shot by an air marshal, but neither of them was shot by an air marshal because that really would have clouded the end of the film. I mean that that's uh you got to get a special kind of director who's going to close his rom-com with both fucking parties in the fucking couple getting shot in the galley way by an air marshal who thought they were hijacking the plane. That's that's a brave choice. It's a choice they would make back then, not a choice they would make now, because in the 70s, that was the way it was. It was like always some guy. Literally, you would see a guy. Uh, he, he was a, 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 like an accountant and then he becomes a heroin addict. And then he's blowing people and you're, you know, like less than zero. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is like a rich kid. And then he's sucking off old men for James Spader. And you're just like, what a fall from grace. Uh, but now it's all Disney. It's all Thanos. It's all fucking Avengers and bullshit. You know, nobody's going to see Ant-Man sucking off old men to pay off James Spader. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Uh, Maybe that's a movie I pay for. Maybe Paul Rudd's on board with that. Who knows? Combine less than zero with the Avengers Infinity War or Endgame or whatever the fuck we got coming up. I just saw a thing today and it was like, what movie are you most excited for this year? And it had Avengers, uh, Frozen 2, Star Wars, Lion King, and Toy Story, whatever the fuck. And in my head, I'm like, and it wasn't even put up by Disney. It was like by Vulture or Entertainment Weekly or somebody. I'm like, are you just doing Disney's hard work for them? Are you carrying the water? Are you just telling everybody in the world that everything is Disney and that's what we got to vote for? Because I would hope that there'd be other movies that you would like and enjoy. I got to tell you this. Here's a movie I saw last week when it was an excellent time as our friend Ahmad was here for an excellent two weeks. I told you we went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody. We went and saw Vice. And I don't remember talking about this last week, so I think we must have watched it Wednesday night after I did the podcast or possibly on Thursday. It wasn't Thursday because he left. I put him on a plane on Friday, as I've mentioned. I wrapped him up in duct tape like fucking Jamie Cagney or Jimmy Cagney in Public Enemy. And I leaned him against the door of the plane and knocked. They opened it up and he just tumbled in. His poor ma was destroyed. So distraught. She was upstairs changing the sheets and singing a song. And then there's Jimmy Cagney beating to shit. There's a mod beating to shit in the doorway. He falls face first. And that's the end of Public Enemy number one. That that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I think I've talked about that on here, probably. I mean, dude, it's, we're, we're in year 11. What the fuck haven't I talked about? Every time I think that to myself, I've gone over ground. I'm like, ah, you know, I think I talked about this. Yes, you did. Shut up. Quit bringing up the fact that you talked about it because maybe somebody doesn't remember. I had people today telling me, they're like, hey, man, I always think of shows, but I I don't even know what the names of them are. And so it would be really hard for me to go back because you have a such a mountain of material. And... uh Like, I I, I guess I thought in my brain at first, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. That's a bad thing. Somebody won't go back and explore because they can't. And then in my head, I went, well, no, you've you've put out fucking ten and a half years of shows now, man. I mean, of course people aren't going to go dig it in. And nobody at the time was, like, writing down the name of the show. Because I'll tell you what, the titles of the show, they don't really betray what the fucking show's about. Even the artwork kind of gets to it sometimes. But sometimes there's an anecdote that's only 15 minutes long. And people are like, oh, fuck, I love that. But it was in the middle of something else. Um So I, you know, the and then someone today they asked me, "Fucking you know, I woof." Again, it's late. Um, a guy, someone wrote me in there and is like, "Yeah, you know, weren't there some people doing like episode synopses?" And I'm like, "Yeah, in the beginning." uh, Hannah and Leanna were doing them, and then our our buddy, our friend Rich, was doing them. And I think they all just kind of went, "This we can't fucking do this anymore." Jesus Christ! There's, I they literally they no longer have fingerprints because they were worn off as they try to type every goddamn word that I said in synopsizing plots from bullshit that I did in a million years ago. Because you know how it is, I fucking start talking about this, and then I talk about that. We talk about this, and then we talk of that. Ah, da, 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 da uh and we're all over the goddamn place and uh, try typing that shit out and uh, you know do me a favor right now go back to the beginning and take a synopsis just in the first 10 minutes of this episode i, I demand it i want to see you type out ta please i must see it um i must see it in print i need to see everything i say in print that's that's i should do the show in a uh is there like a talk to text thing or like an audio book setting i don't know if there's an app that will that will like write down or not well not write down i guess type your the things you say, but I, you know, I can't trust that fucking app because, dude, I got to proofread, proofread my texts because I'll, I'll talk to text and I'll say something totally clear as day and and uh, it'll, you know, it'll change like, uh, you know, hey, let's go to the zoo and uh, by the way, I don't know who I'm texting. Let's go to the zoo too. I don't know who's getting that text. You know who it is? Somebody fucking lucky. I'll tell you that. Somebody who never thought to themselves, you know what? I'm going to go hand in hand to the zoo and look at jaguars with Mike. That's going to be fucking fantastic. Holy shit! What if I? You know what? I love the zoo. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. I love the zoo. Now this is what the other person's saying. I love the zoo. I can't lie to myself. I enjoy the zoo. The only thing that would make it better would be holding hands with Mike Schmidt while I saw a cheetah. Oh, jeez, would that be great? You know what? Let's make a Disney poll. Which are you looking forward to the most? A frozen Two. Toy Story, whatever the fuck, uh, Star Wars again, Avengers Endgame, Lion King and his friend, uh, or uh, Mike Schmidt and a cheetah holding hands and walking through the zoo. Mike Schmidt at the zoo. Uh, I, I got to take the lead there. I, look, I at least beat fucking Frozen, too, right? I don't even know what's in Frozen. I didn't see Frozen. I don't know anything about Frozen except I should let it go uh, that I haven't seen it or whatever the fuck, right? That, I'll tell you what, dude, here's the Frozen phenomenon. I one time was Ubering and I was driving down in fucking uh, Santa Monica this summer, and I, I was driving, I got into a neighborhood, and I'm zigging, and I'm zagging, I went a couple of places, and then I heard a noise, and it was like, it was songs, and I'm like, what the fuck is that, so uh, because I wasn't on a ride just yet, I said, I must find the source of these songs, there, there is a siren song calling me, I must find it, and I knew it was uh, a uh, musical bullshit theater nonsense, and I'm not saying Frozen's bullshit, if you love it, you love it, good for you, I haven't seen it, perhaps it will affect me, uh, Ahmad was like, dude, he was trying to figure out a movie for us to see, and he's like, hey, have you seen Coco?" I'm like, I haven't. He says like, dude, you got to fucking see Coco. I said, I heard good things. He's like, no, you, you trust me. You're going to fucking see it and, and you have to watch it. And then guess what? We did not watch Coco. We went the other way, <laughs> which we saw. Uh, I'll tell you this. Cause like I said, we saw Bohemian Rhapsody and Vice. And then uh, the movie we watched, I look, I got back to it. I, I can't believe I've pivoted and found my way back here. We, uh, we, wa- I said, what about train to Busan? Cause we were looking for things to watch. Cause I have heard really good things about train to Busan. It's a Korean zombie movie. And I think there's a train and I know there's a Busan, and, uh, and people were my buddy, Patrick, the bank robber came up to me as yeah, his real name. He came to me. He was a, a guy who used to work at Lily's burlesque things. He actually moved. I think he's in Georgia now. That was one of the most dapper cats in the business. He always wore a suit everywhere. Every time you saw him, he was wearing a suit and uh, like Paul F. You know what I mean? Just one of those guys who cared. And also just, just a, a really nice person. i God I love Patrick. I wish he wasn't gone. He's another one because you know what? If he was here, you know what it would be? Excellent. Of course you answered it before I even said it. Um, but I like Patrick. He was a good guy, and and he was the one who came to me one day, and he said, um, uh, "Mike, have you ever seen a movie called Train?" to Busan, and I'm like, I, you know, I didn't even know the fuck it existed, he's like, it's a movie uh, in Korea, it's a zombie movie it's subtitled, but you will enjoy it, you will love it it is probably the best zombie movie I've ever seen and I said, whoa, that's some serious talk because I know Patrick the bank robber, when he's not putting dimples in his ties, is out watching zombie <laughs> movies, part of that's a lie uh, <laughs> but still, his word meant something to me, because I'm like, alright, cool dude thank you, and so I've always had, and he told me this fucking three years ago, because he moved to Atlanta a while ago and, or not Atlanta, fucking wherever the fuck he is in the south, um and so he reached out and he was like, "Hey, man, you know, you should see this." And so it's always been in my head: I should see Train to Busan. I should see Train to Busan. I should see Train to Busan. Uh, wait, I only say it three times fast. If I say it five times fast, perhaps the Train to Busan will appear in my house. Is it like the Candyman? The Train to Busan? The Candyman to Busan? I thought. Now I've said it. I've said his name a bunch of times. This whole thing's Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. See, does he show up? Does Walter White show up? Throw a pizza on my roof? Uh, he might. Um, so. Our buddy, uh, Patrick's like, go see train to Busan or not, not go see it, but see it. He said, I had to see it because nobody goes to see anything these days. Now you've got everything on the Netflix because I'm the ancient man. I call it the Netflix. Uh, I post about it on the Facebook. You know me, I'm on the Twitter. Stop with your articles. Um, so train to Busan's always been in my brain on the list of things that I haven't seen. And I actually have a list of other movies that I haven't seen. And, uh, it's, you know, it's not, not nothing with a cape. I don't think I, I it's all, it, you know, it's all these gritty, you know, there's horror movies that I haven't seen that I got a bunch of. And like, I never saw, I fuck, I didn't even see a quiet place, which everybody's like, you got to see it. And also I haven't seen these other new ones. Jesus Christ. Can I, I need to see more memes about fucking Birdhouse and, and uh, Bumble Snatch or whatever the fuck it is. I, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I, I, yes, I get it. Black Mirror and, and Ten Endings and whatever the fuck and, and, and Bindle Snatch or whomever it is. And then fucking Sandra Bullock's in Birdhouse. And then she, everybody's got a blindfold on. I've seen the memes, but I don't know what the movie are. Uh, although I, I will tell you this. Uh, I, I think I'm getting the vibe that Birdhouse is a lot like Quiet Place. Like, uh, but this time you can't look at anybody. Is that is? Am I right there? Just that's just guessing from the fucking memes. Because there's like Sandra Bullock and four blindfolds and lay and kids and a canoe and and that just, and and I think I heard a soundbite where she's like, "We're going on a journey and it's going to be very hard." And I'm like, "All right, yeah, if you got a journey with fucking, I mean, unless there's been a nuclear explosion and you can't look at the fucking light, but why would that be a consistent light that you can't look at? Uh, or maybe they all just uh, have to cover their eyes because they might wind up stumbling into. Other, you know, the other thing I thought was like. You ever see uh, like a drug killing in, in Colombia? One of those movies and they make it and people, guys are like, Hey man, if I don't look at it, they can't kill me because I don't know anything. I don't know any faces. I don't know anybody. So maybe they're in a war zone in birdhouse and then they got to take a canoe across because it's a, and they don't want to look at anybody doing bad things to anyone because otherwise then they'll take a bullet. Um, or it honestly, it, the, for all I've fucking seen, it's Sandra Bullock and four kids and they're blindfolded and there's a boat. It could be a cross-country game of pin the tail on the donkey. I, as far as I know about Birdhouse, it could be that. Just She handed all of them fucking pins on their tails, spun them around, put a blindfold on them, and then loaded them into a canoe for a trip down the fucking Ganges. Who the fuck knows, man? Could be international. Maybe she's going out and she takes them to an airport, she puts them on a plane. Yeah, once she knocks on the plane and the door wraps them in duct tape, they fall in like Jimmy Cagney. <laughs> uh, fucking Birdhouse. I don't know. Everybody's talking about that. And they're all, like I said, they're talking about fucking Bumblefuck, and I had her, uh, what is it called? Brindle, Brindle Snatch? I don't know. Um, but yeah, because I, you know, it's funny. I was talking, uh, like my trainer, John, like, I mean, look, I, I, I could know these names. All right. I know it's Birdhouse, and I know, I know, I know, I know it's bird place or no, it is bird box, bird box. That's what it is. Um, and the other one is, uh, I think it's Bumber Snatch. All right, but it's more fun to call them the other things. I don't, I don't need you guys going like uh, you're an old man who's out of date and doesn't know these things. No, I know them. I just choose to call them something different because it makes me laugh. It's like when I was talking to my, I saw a fucking trailer, or not a trailer, a poster for Fantastic Beasts with Johnny Depp, whatever the fuck. And uh, I'm talking to my trainer John, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck is with Bumble Grindle? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I go Grundle Bundle, whatever the fuck that movie is with like this Harry Potter bullshit. And he said, uh, and he told me the real name. That one I do, I will admit, that one I don't know. Like, because I've called it Grundle Bundle so many times, I have no idea what the fuck it was called. But again, it's more of this... And, And look, I there has to be a happy medium. I mean, I was going to say grow up, but that's just stupid to say. If you like these fantasy escapist things because the fucking world's a bad place, then by all means, go ahead and check them out. If you really want to believe that there's kids with magic wands and then flying dragons and woo oh, and sparkly glitter and all that kind of shit, that's perfect. Then go ahead and watch that stuff. I just, I just think we're in such danger of having all of our fucking entertainment be directed completely at our 13 year old selves that we're in a, in an Ouroboros that's consuming itself in nostalgia. And I don't fucking understand it. We're just totally swallowing our own fucking tail as we reconsider consume our childhoods in adulthood uh and this is coming from a guy who totally still loves fantasy baseball and strat and all that kind of bullshit I'm not grown up either I mean I I I got no way to point fingers and you couldn't see me anyway because you're blindfolded as Sandra Bullock fucking stuffs you into a canoe and goes to pin the tail on a donkey in Greece uh that's a long ass canoe ride I'm not gonna lie to you if you're if you're if you're getting out of because I could assume that she's getting out of canoe here because she spoke English she's in America if you're gonna take a canoe to Greece just to pin the tail on a fucking Grecian donkey? Uh, it's, uh, you know, stick to... Play it in a yard. There's a reason that game originated in a yard, okay? that This is like if you had a piñata, but you put it at the top of a redwood. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and you made some kid climb it and smash it just to get a fucking, uh, a, you know, a gummy bear. I mean, fuck that, dude. Just give the kid gummy bears. You don't want to make it ultra dangerous. So when they put these kids in canoes and they make them on an international fucking cross the Atlantic Ocean in a canoe to go pin a tail on a fucking donkey, seems extreme for a party game. Not going to lie to you, Sandra. Sandra, Miss Congeniality, whatever you're going by these days. Uh, Let's talk about the movie Speed. She was in that, right? Or is she in Speed 2? No, she's in Speed 1 with the bus, right? She's in that one where she's got to keep it going. I'm going to you know, I'm gonna share something with you that I just, for some reason, I'm going to and I don't know why. First of all, we know this. I've told you this. I have like a weird motion sickness thing. Uh, when I watch certain video games or I watch things happening, uh, I can get a little spinny. I, my head gets a little light. And I get a little nauseous because I, there's something in my inner ear that's going, what the fuck are you doing? I told you, I couldn't watch my mom play Doom or Wolfenstein or whatever the fuck. But now... Uh, It it also comes, it manifests itself in movies. I watched a movie called uh, Contagious. No, Quarantine, I think it was called. And uh, it was a badass horror movie. I mean, from what I could see from it, it was a pretty good monster movie where they had a building in Los Angeles and uh, something happened. Somebody got sick and everybody became monsters. And then they're all running around. They sent a SWAT team in to get him and a lady reporter has got a camera. So that's the deal. She's filming it and it's shown from her fucking filming viewpoint. And uh, I think I think I'm right about the plot and I think I'm right about a a lot of the things I'm talking about. Uh, The problem, I can't say it 100 percent. I I looked at the floor virtually the entire movie. Because it was me and it was Lily and her husband, David, and it was me and Karen at the time. And we were in the theater watching this movie and we uh, I couldn't look at it because it just it fucked my head up in such a way because it was a bunch of people running up and downstairs and like weird quick jumps and fucking fast scares, but all filmed through a handheld camera. And that just that dude, it just it just made my fucking head scramble like a goddamn slot machine wheel spinning. I mean, I couldn't even fucking focus. So, I mean, I, look, from what I heard. It sounded like a pretty cool movie. Sounded like a good monster movie. And I, you know, I couldn't. It was one of those deals like, all right, let's talk about how shitty of a guy I am. If it was just me and Karen, I would have left. I would have been like, honey, I, honey, I can't watch this. I just, I can't. I can't focus, um, but with with Lily and David there, I couldn't be a dick and ruin four people's evenings or three people's evenings. I, you know, but of course, I would have happily ruined Karen's because that's the kind of fellow I was at the time. Honey, I can't watch this. Let's leave. What? I'm enjoying it. Uh, let's move. Let's go. What a fucking pill. Um, but yeah, so I get spinny watching them. So that's that's one of the things I remember from Speed. But all right, <laughs> I'll tell you this. One uh, of the other things I remember from Speed. This isn't even worth mentioning, but who fucking cares? I'll tell you. Uh there's a scene in speed of the opening scene where everybody's stuck in an elevator and hero cop Keanu Reeves comes in to save them or whatever the fuck. And everybody's going to get taken out of the elevator because it's halfway up and halfway down. And, uh, and, and I'm going to, here's what I'm going to call this. And it's, this is always a delight when it happens in any film or any entertainment. Um, unexpected thong. I, I, I gotta be, I'm a fan of unexpected thong. I like, you know, I'm not a fan of a freestanding cheese. Uh, but I am a fan of unexpected thong because there's a woman in the, in the elevator. And again, you're not even looking at She's just a woman on an elevator. That's it. Just a woman on an elevator. Nobody's like, wow, she's or, or, or She's fucking hot. Fat. She's fought. I just made up a word. Fucking hot. Dude, that chick's fought. Uh, Cause there's thought, which is that whore, that hole over there. Uh, but now there's fat, which means fucking hot. Um, uh, I'm, you know what I was put on this earth to create contractions. That's how I handle my business. Everybody's like, let's get Schmidty to fucking slam words into one another, like a demolition derby and come up with a whole new language. Nobody will understand, but him, Wee! that's a guy who uses language for his living and does a show and hopes people will follow along. And then he comes up with a word that nobody fucking cares about. Um, like fought fucking hot. So, uh, So she's just a chick on an elevator, man. She's just like a blonde girl and she's wearing business attire, but they got to get her off the elevator. So when they do, um, there's just enough room for her to squeeze out and she's coming out and they're kind of helping her down and her dress gets caught and it rolls up and she's got a thong on and dudes, dudes, when that movie come out like 1994, I'm going to guess. Uh, I, I I can see that scene in my head right now as if it was happening in front of my face, as if I was Keanu himself helping the woman out of the elevator. I can see that unexpected thong just rolling out of the goddamn... And I, I've never forgotten it because it is... It was like instant hard on material at the time. I'm a little older now. Who knows how long it would take? But I mean, I, I but then I remember I was just like, whoa, it, it just it set my heart fucking racing for just a second, because here's why. And again, you'll probably get this. Uh, ladies might get it. Men might get it, too. But um, I apologize. Men will get this. Uh, ladies might get it as well. But when you when you, uh, you know, you're looking at somebody in business attire you can think to yourself, well, you know, I wonder what, what's going on underneath there. You know, eh, what's she, is she wearing like this or that or what's happening? Um, who was it who talked about it? I think there was, there was a movie where actually somebody discussed that when they were like, you look at somebody and they're wearing their business clothes and you're like, what's, what's happening under there? She's got a thong on? She's wearing like, oh, it's fucking old school. That's exactly what it is. When he's looking at the, he's thinking about the waitress. And he's like, I'm trying to think of herself, she, you know, what's she wearing? What kind of underwear is she possibly wearing? Is it interesting? Is it a thong? And, uh... And that's a true scene. That's a real thing, man. It's like when I play, who would I fuck at the crosswalk? I mean, that that shit happens. Uh, and I'm, I know I'm sure ladies do the exact same thing. Well, you know, they, they see guys and they're like, all right, well, what about this guy? And uh, what's he packing? And what's going on with this fella? Um, I hope ladies don't say that. What's going on with this fella? Uh, please, ladies, do me a favor. If that's in your lexicon at all, dump that out the fucking window. Well, I mean, you could use it about other like corn pone bullshit, like hillbillies and nonsense. But if you want to talk about banging a guy, please don't call him a fella. Hey, or, uh, but I guess, you know what? Bullshit. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a thing to that's my fella. Hey, who's your, hey, look at me. I'm walking down the aisle with my fella. I guess that's a uh, word had a certain kind of charm. So I take it back. Everything I just said about fellas is out the window. No more no more debate about fella. Please use fella. Ladies, as a matter of fact, increase your usage of the word fella. <laughs> I demand that you say it all the time. This is my fella. This is a big, oily bohunk. This one's my fella. This guy right here. This little Abner-looking fucking Johnny Jaw bastard. He's my goddamn fella. Uh, and he's wearing a fucking thong. How do you feel about that? What you, what's he got going on in there? He's got a thong on. Um... But yeah, when that chick got dragged out of the elevator, man, she was like, you know, and she was saving her life. And she's in distress. But none of that mattered, man, because her skirt came up and you got unexpected thong. And it, dude, it lasts maybe a second. It might even be like fucking, you know, 10 twelfths of a second, which I guess would be five sixths of a second. I don't know. Look, I fuck fractions. But if it was something like that, it was it was a really quick flash where she's getting kind of squeezed out. It could be three seconds. Uh, but but it was enough. It was enough to make me just stand at attention and be like, oh, how you doing, man? I might run off a batch of this scene in Speed just because I made a whole backstory for her. Like, she, you know, that was the day she wore the thong uh, because maybe her boyfriend was picking her up from work that day or she was going to meet a blind date and she didn't know what was going to happen and maybe she was, uh, you know, particularly excited about possibly getting laid because, you know, uh, ladies have desires too. And so they went, because she could have just, you know, a normal day, it's a Wednesday. She doesn't know she's going to get dragged out of an elevator by Keanu Reeves and yet she still wore the appropriate underwear for just the fucking camera angle we needed to see it. It was perfect. Good for her. Good for that girl. And then I got to think about it in real life terms. Like as an actress, did she make the choice to wear the thong or did the director go, hey, you got to wear a thong for this scene, uh, which is creepy as fuck. Hey, we got to see your ass. I mean, and again, you know, I know what the fucking movies are and they bring girls in and they put them in bikinis and they cast them by their tits. And I totally get that. But it, it does seem a little fucking creeped out if you're just like, hey, all right, bring in a parade of asses and let's see which one's the best one. Who's got the best uh thong clad elevator escaping ass in the business. Well, let's bring them all in and line them up and get the director in here. And let's get Dennis Hopper in here to give a couple of grabs and fucking fondles. Let's see if he can make a decision. Can who too? Let's you know what? Fuck it. Let's get Sandra Bullock in here. You know what? Let's get Jason Patrick in here. He's not even in this one, but he's gonna be in the next one and he gets a vote on what ass comes out of an elevator. Who's got the best elevator escape and escaping and ass in Hollywood? And then they line them all up and they get Jason Patrick who comes in and he mumbles through some bullshit because that's all he does. Man, that is a mumbling cat. Like uh, in the Lost you're watching jason patrick you're like holy fuck this guy man this guy's brooding and kind of sexy and like ooh, this is i'm digging him and he's the head of the vampires uh, well he's not really he becomes the head of the vampires michael and mike once he beats up kevin sutherland spoiler alert um because he wants star he wants jamie gertz for himself uh and don't you don't we all don't we all want jamie gertz for ourselves? Uh, but he gets in there and he, you know, he's all brooding and kind of a leather jacket and he's got to get that Jim Morrison thing happening so much so that they do the scene in lost boys where it transitions from a picture of Morrison into Jason Patrick and like, Oh, that was subtle. Uh, but then Jason Patrick, you, you were like, okay, that's cool. It's working. And then he made drugstore cowboy or is that Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon and Diane Lane? Is he, is he in rush? What the fuck? It was one other Matt Dillon and Diane Lane I think are in drugstore cowboy and uh, Jason Patrick and Jennifer Jason Lee are in uh, Drug Movie Better Than Drugstore Cowboy, I think it's called. And look, Matt Dillon and Diane Lane, that's a great pairing. those They are no slouches. But Jason Patrick and Jennifer Jason Lee uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh wins it all. She's she's the queen. She's the fucking greatest. I mean, anything she does turns to gold. And even with Jason Patrick and they're mumbling through fucking nods, you know, when he's he's taking the spike and he becomes, a, you know, he's an undercover cop who winds up getting hooked on the stuff. Uh, I call it the stuff. Uh, he gets he gets all smacked out and then they got to stay alive and whatever the fuck. Hey, I, you know, I could be mixing up all of these movies. It's been a while since I've seen them. However, I do know this jason patrick mumbled the fuck right through that movie too and everybody's like oh well i dig this man he's you know he's a mumbling cop junkie he was mumbling vampire before now he's mumbling cop junkie and then uh and then he goes off and he makes 10 more movies and they're like you know what um He's just mumbling plumber and now he's mumbling barista and now he's mumbling cop. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Stop mumbling. Open your mouth when you speak. Do us a favor. Part those lips. I know they're pouting and they're looking pretty cute, but you know what? If you open them up, you can actually make vowel and consonant sounds that people can understand. You don't sound like you're drowning in a bog. Jesus Christ, Jason Patrick. All of your dialogue sounds like you're drowning in a bog and that's not attractive to anyone. Uh, except for, I, you know, maybe someone's got a bog fetish. I know there are people who like splashing. I know there are people who like sitting on cakes. Maybe they got a bog thing where it's like kind of like a, a quasi quicksand swamp thing that they build in their bathtub and then they just kind of lay in there and just wait to get laid. Why would you do that? Who are you hiding from? Swamp thing? Stop hiding in your bathtub and trying to get fucked by swamp thing. If I can say, look, if I can impart anything to you folks, if you take anything from this year, this, this new year's show and bring it into 2019, it's please stop hiding in your bath. <laughs> I can't even say it. Stop hiding in your bathtub and waiting to get fucked by Swamp Thing. Please, just let it. Just let it go. I know. We look. We all do it. We're all tempted to do it. How many times you walk in, you look at your bathtub, you're like, hmm. You know, if I film that, if I filled that with a like a thick sand and maybe a peat moss, and I ducked all the way down until only my eyes peeked out above the surface, maybe Swamp Thing would come along and Roger me right here in the fucking parking lot. A parking lot, bathtub. Why did I make it a parking lot? Jesus Christ. I'm trying to paint a word picture here and we wind up in the parking lot. Uh, you know what? I'm mumbling. I'm Jason Patrick. I, I just I caught Jason Patrick disease just by talking about him. Is he like Candyman? It'll appear if you say it five times. You say Jason Patrick five different times and then you have to stop opening your mouth when you talk and you just mumble like a fuckhead. Uh, but he's terrific. Look, we all love Jason Patrick. I think we all know that. Everybody loves him. He's he's a great fella. He's one of those acting fellas. Uh what was I going to say? He was in another movie, too, where he mumbles the fuck. Oh, Speed 2, he mumbled. Yeah, it was just terrible. That's like on a boat, right? Isn't Speed 2 on a boat? That one I never saw. But Sandra Bullock's in that one, too, I think. Sandra Bullock got a pass, man. Like, she was, she was in some garbage. And then all of a sudden, she made, like, a movie with Melissa McCarthy. And then she made... Didn't she make a football movie? And everybody's like, yeah, we totally love her now. Like, this, this society is cruel to actresses because it's like, you know... Fucking Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, these motherfuckers can keep making movies when they're 900 years old. And whether they're good or not, that's all, you know, whatever. Eye of the beholder, that's fine. But I mean, let's face it, De Niro, these ain't exactly mean streets that he's churning out the last few fucking years where he's making bad grandpa and badder grandpa and even badder grandpa still. You know, he's making that shit and going and, you know, even when he's like, can you milk me? I got nipples in the fucking meet the Griswolds or whatever the fuck that movie was called and uh, Fockers. There you go. It's the Fockers. Um See, I can pull things. I just need a second now. I'm, here, I'm, I'm It's like an old gunfighter. Old gunfighter, he used to be able to kick the fuck out of everybody and just blast them right in the street. So you know what? Before I can get, I used to get six bullets off and now I can get three. Uh, so settle for three folks. We've been doing this a long time. As I've mentioned, I've got a mountain of material back when I used to be good, when I was a lot quicker on the draw, when I was 40. Now look what happened. My fucking brain is atrophied. It just, it's, yeah, I'm like one of the zombies running around that fucking building in Los Angeles, trying to jump out and jump scare you now. That's all I got. That's all I got are jump scares and mumbling Jason Patrick anecdotes and uh, Sandra Bullock on a canoe. Look what I've done with my life. Look what, look what it's come to this fucking show. Um... But I am I will tell you I'm I'm uh, oh oh fuck I didn't even finish. So <laughs> so I told you about the speed thing because that thong scene stays with me. It's just in my, it's emblazoned in on the on my fucking cerebral cortex. I see it. I can see it happening when she got pulled out of the elevator her thong gets flashed and you're like, "Whoa. Uh unexpected thong is a fucking hit." Um so that's what I wanted to share with you about speed, but I also was telling you about a movie. I did not see Train to Busan. We thought about it. But uh when I mentioned Train to Busan, uh Ahmad had not seen it so I'm like oh awesome we should check that out I said it's, he's like what is it it's a Korean zombie movie he's like dude I don't know about fucking zombies I'm like no man it'll be it's I've heard it's fantastic I've heard it's really good he goes well he goes yeah I you know it's it's I'm if it's anything like the raid we're fine and I'm like oh that's another one I haven't seen and and I, Ahmad made a face at me that I have never seen before and I hope to never see since it was it was a combination of I don't even know you man and I wish my plane was leaving right now. Like I could, I, it was just, he was just so disgusted with me that I hadn't seen the raid. And he's like, "You haven't, you haven't seen the raid. You've never seen the raid." I go, "No." I said, "I know they made two of them." He goes, "The second one's garbage." But you, you didn't see the first one. I go, "I haven't seen any of it." He's like, "We're watching it. That's that's it. That's the we movie we're watching tonight." And so we sat down and we dialed it up in the old phone. We got some Kuwaiti Netflix rolling, and uh, and I watched. It's not Korean. It's Indonesian. Uh, it's from Jakarta or Malaysia or one of those places. Um, it's in Asia somewhere. But it's uh, if you haven't seen The Raid, it's about a group of policemen who have to go and, and uh, it's, it's a simple, literally, it's a simple storyline. A, a SWAT team has to take down a drug lord who basically owns an apartment building. And it's his fortress. And all you're doing is you're watching a video game. You're you're literally watching a SWAT team. They get on the, they're on they get in on the bottom floor and they've got to make it their way to the top and fight the big boss. That's that's all it is. They've got to it's it's almost like the Warriors in a hotel. Like if the Warriors were on the ground floor and they then they they had to get to their suite up top, but they had to fight gangs on every floor all the way up. I mean, it's just and so. But you mix in ultra violence. You mix in. Uh, I I I know the name of, it, but I can't pronounce it and I can't pull it off the top of my head. But it's a it's a, It's a Malaysian fighting art or an Indonesian fighting art so there's tons of gunplay lots of gore there's knives there's all sorts of bullshit but there's also this fucking hand to hand combat that is that the scenes are just so realistic and the fights man there's a fight that goes on for like six minutes I mean it is just dudes kicking the fuck out of one another and I cannot imagine how they didn't have to stop down every 30 seconds and lie in a tub of ice because they are just fucking each other up and there it's just sweaty and bloody and dirty and, uh, and just there's drywall and knife wounds and holy fuck is it it's gore it's it's if if you haven't seen the raid, you got to see the raid because it's just so And if you. I'll tell you what, if you live in California and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to watch the raid. I will go to your house and watch the raid. Or if you're going to be here in March, this is funny. Uh, a mod was like, hey, man, we got to watch the raid. So we did. And then I put him on a plane on Friday, as I've mentioned. I stuffed him into a plastic bag and I rolled him into the luggage rack uh, and they carried him off. I don't know what happened to him then. I hope he got home. <laughs> um, but there's a, uh, a thing called Secret Movie Club L.A. And they will show like older movies on the big screen. And they'll announce it and be like, shh, secret. Oh, shh, secret movie club. So it's a secret movie club. And I subscribe to them on Twitter. Or I follow them on Twitter, I should say. And they tweeted out uh, two days ago. Hey, who's never seen The Raid? March 2nd, it's going to be on a big screen as we show you this unbelievable classic from a, of a SWAT team that has to fight its way out or whatever the fuck. Uh, their description. And I, but I was like, whoa, dude, I just saw it. And the and the funny fucking yawns, damn it. The funny thing is, man, if I uh I, I could have um Like if I didn't see it with a mod, I I, I would have seen that and I would have been like, I gotta go. I mean I, you know, that's three months down the line. I can make some plans for that. I can see that goddamn movie. Uh but at the same time now having seen it at my house now, but now I kind of really want to see it on the big screen, but also I don't know if I'm going to see it with the room full of fucking meatheads who bring in their nunchucks and just, and just fucking vibrate. You know what I mean? Because it's one of those movies, man. It's a, but it is violence upon violence upon violencia. I mean, it is people letting each other have it fucking gun blasts in the face and teeth flying and all sorts of crazy shit. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, but I got to think that if you're seeing it with a crowd at the movies, it's, it's not date night. That is, that it's not date night. That's just me with a bunch of fucking, uh, uh, You know, PTSD veterans (laughs) were going, yeah, I remember when that happened when I was in Indonesia, a lot of that, a lot of martial arts guys, a lot of those people. A lot of, a lot of, you know who it is? A lot of Tyler Durden's, a lot of fight club guys sitting there in their fucking tan leather jackets and their fucking shades watching that movie and just hoping that we, you know what? That is a crowd. You know, that is literally a theater full of, I wish I motherfucker would that that's who's in that theater. You're watching the raid. Anybody who's seen Cause again, if you saw it the first time, you're just like, I don't know what this is about. And then you see it. You're like, what the fuck? This blew me away. Holy Jesus. Is that great? But then conversely, if you know what it's about and you're like obsessed with it or you've seen it a million times, if you go see it in a theater now that you are, that is just, that is a theater full of, I wish a motherfucker would. It's a lot of guys who spent the time from the, uh, from, from the time the raid initially came out to March 2nd, learning an Indonesian fighting art. They've been waiting to unleash on somebody who bumps into them in the street. That's it. If you, if you spill popcorn on somebody's lap, if you step on somebody's foot, getting down the aisle, you are going to get Jakarta right in the goddamn face. Just like 15 Jakartas, you'll be laying down looking up at the ceiling and just going, what the fuck just happened, man? But you know what you did? You stepped on fucking Indonesian Tyler Durden's foot and he stood up and he gave you a Jakarta right in the throat and you're <laughs> laid the fuck out. So I don't know if I can see the raid in a big theater now because it's just like, like I said, it's just not curious couples going, Hmm, honey, I wonder what the raid is about. Is it a film about bug spray? Perhaps not. Perhaps it is. Let's go check it out. Uh, although I look, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm very confident in saying this. If you're in a relationship I don't care if it's in the fledgling stage where you're in the beginning and you're all just kind of learning about one another or if you've been married for 25 years, please don't go see a movie about bug spray. <laughs> if I can say anything, look, take it from a guy whose all, all of his relationships have failed, whether it was his fault or not. Please do not go see a movie about bug spray. I can tell you, I am fairly I, Look, I don't know a lot about women. I know some things and I've learned some things. Uh, I barely know stuff about myself, but I can tell you this. I do know this about women. I'm going to know this about myself and I'm going to say it about most men. Nobody wants to see a fucking movie about bug spray. I don't, I don't care unless, you know, unless, unless someone remakes a bug's life and they get fucking whacked with raid and they all die. See that now then, then you're talking, now you're talking about a movie that makes it worth, worth your while because then it's like Dave Foley and he's a roach and he's talking to a couple of ants and then someone comes into the yard and just sprays the fuck out of them with a noxious death cloud and they're they're finished. They go fucking bug toes up and they got all eight legs curled up and then you're like, yeah, the end. All right, this movie, it, you know, it goes from a too long bug talking movie to charming Pixar short which ends in a poison cloud, which which is which is how all Pixar movies should should end, quite frankly. Cars, poison cloud. Toy Story, whatever the fuck, which is coming out this summer, Poison Cloud. Now, you know, now I'm back on board. I'm coming back around to it. You tell me, you're like, hey, Star Wars, Pixar, uh, or, or you know, Toy Story, or whatever, the Lion King, and uh, or Toy, I'm, dude, Toy Story, I'm in. If it's a poison cloud at the end, any Pixar movie that ends in a poison cloud, I'm in. The Incredibles too, Poison Cloud, I'm in. Uh, up, if those balloons in the beginning are filled with poison, and and the house flows away, and then uh, and it lands, then they pop those balloons, and a poison cloud consumes that fat Boy Scout, I'm in for Up. See, I like, my, I like my Pixar movies with a gritty 70s ending. Uh, I, I, dem- I demand that you get like a fucking... I, I will never see another Pixar movie unless a Cassavetes is involved. You need to get me a Cassavetes and a Gazara. Get a Cassavetes and a Gazara involved in some Pixar movies and I'm fucking watching it. I, I just... I want dirt. I want grime. I want someone taking the spike. I want somebody ODing and having fucking Woody just go, golly, or whatever the fuck he says. And then I want fucking Buzz Lightyear to go to infinity and that guy's got a fucking... Put his dick away. What's going on in the street corner there? And then the toys go hide in a garbage can till the end of the movie. <laughs> I like that. They just see a guy waving his dick around and fucking Buzz Lightyear's like, whoa. And they just hide in a trash can. <sighs> All right. We should do a show. Uh, <laughs> I just read a thing. It was funny. There's a guy on Twitter and he's like, here's how to be a successful podcaster. And he's got like 50,000 followers and he's got a show that does very well. I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. But I completely understood and related to a lot of the things he was saying. And I absolutely agree with some of the things he was saying. One of the things that he said that was very important was if you say you're going to put out a show every Thursday, you put out a show every Thursday without fail. They have to make sure because we've been doing this 11 years. We've switched days a couple of times. And certainly in the last year and a half, I've missed a day or two here. But, uh, but you can count on me pretty much every week. My voice will be in your ears on Thursday one way or the other. One way or another. I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you one way. Maybe next week I'll give you the split. Slip. Split. I could give you the split. Uh, so he was giving these, he's like his advice and this is always where it breaks bad. It's always like, Hey, make sure you've got a professional microphone and, and make sure you, uh, people know that they can find you and they trust in you every week. And then this is another good one. He's like, do not think you're going to monetize your podcast immediately. Please do not start begging for money right away. Uh, establish a show and have a bunch of great content. And then eventually perhaps your listeners will choose to help you. Like he's, these are all good lessons. But then another one is he was like, uh, no meandering. No, no, don't do any of this, this cross talk in the beginning, get right to your point. And I'm like, oh man, I'm fucking eliminated from that one for fuck's sake. And he's like, you're a storyteller. You have to have a beginning, a middle and an end. And you can't deviate from that. You got to make sure that people are going to trust you to, to tell a good story, because no matter what, whether you're telling a story of somebody else or telling a story that happened to you beginning in a middle and an end and you have to get to it. I'm like, ah, Jesus Christ. You become the the harshest podcast mistress in the world, man. Don't quit hitting my fucking knuckles with a goddamn yardstick and telling me what I can do and can't do on my own show. My name's on it for fuck's sake. But also, this says a lot about me that I internalized it to where he was talking about me, which is so dumb because he wasn't. He's giving tips to people who could succeed and he's using what he used to succeed, which makes total sense. Um As opposed to me, like, I'm always like, you know, I told you, I do these shows and they get a fucking clock out and they hit the fucking button. They're like, all right, let's go. And then you'll get to like the 48 minute mark or the 54 minute mark and they'll kind of like turn their finger like, all right, we're done. We're wrapping up. Woo, woo, we're getting And I'm like, all right, I mean, that's cool. Um, but that's their show. That's how they want to do it. They want to. They want to run an hour, and I get it. And uh, and this show should run an hour too, probably sometimes. But sometimes it goes a little longer. Sometimes a uh, little. <laughs> um, and sometimes you got. What are we at? Holy fuck! We're literally at forty minutes of nonsense, uh, which I like. I'm am a fan of that. Um, this is the talking in circles part that that guy told me not to do. He's like, hey man, you got to have a story that has a beginning, middle, and end. But the thing is, you know, I don't. I, maybe I don't have a story this week. Maybe I just want to talk to the people. Maybe I want to tell them all about fucking uh, bumblefuck and getting out of canoe and riding up to grease and stabbing a donkey in the eye maybe we talk about that for a little bit uh maybe we talk about the new year we say happy new year to everybody and then we we do a <laughs> maybe we talk about a snail snake and a goddamn roly horn maybe we bust that out uh why am i fighting with this guy he was doing he's doing good things to try to help people who are getting in this industry and uh and the same thing i did because i had people who had podcasts you know people with podcasts will write me uh, I should say used to write me because now that there are more podcasts, I've, I've, I've definitely, my light has dimmed as I've fallen back. I've got loyal people listening. Not a lot of new people drifted in. Sometimes I get them sometimes. Uh, but then there are people who wanted to do podcasts themselves and they reached out. They're like, Hey man, I want to do this podcast, but I can't get anybody to listen to me. And I'm like, and I would literally write them and I would just give 10 names. It'd be like Jimmy Pardo, Joe Rogan, Scott Aukerman, Doug Benson. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would list a ton of names, the Sklar brothers. And then I would go, this is your competition. I mean, you know who all those people are and then think about yourself. You know, you're you're in a garage in Maine. Maybe it's you're you're not reaching out to everybody that you should because then people don't know you. These are people because again, podcasting in in the beginning, even in the beginning, you know, the, the whole thing we've talked about anybody can do it. And the, and the bad thing, of course, is that anybody can do it. But uh you would have people like veterans, you know, comedians, you know, Jimmy Pardo before we started Never Not Funny in 2006 and by we I mean he and I was along for the ride. But in 2006 uh He'd been doing stand-up for 20 years. I, I mean, you know, you, so so you, you got all that sitting down in front of a microphone. He'd had pilots that didn't make it. He'd hosted shows. I mean, we'd been on the road. We'd done stuff. We were funny people, so we kind of understood how to do that. Sometimes when you hear a new podcast— it's regular people who are sitting down and they're basically learning who they are in front of the microphone for the first time. Like they, they're not a fully formed personality. And I'll even say this, like when I sat down with Jimmy at Never Not Funny, I was not a fully formed personality. Uh, you know, I was, I was denying who I was. I mean, I was a big fat dude who never talked about being a heavy guy. I didn't want to talk about it on stage. I, I hid behind my writing skills. And so I was doing just stand up about political stuff and always commenting on everything but me. But then I got a Never Not Funny and, uh, and I started to talk about me. And everybody responded to that, and then it was like, "Oh well, this is who I am. This is I, I should be able to go ahead and do this." And uh, and also, I took you know, I let my hands go and started to be funny and 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 really kind of trade a lot with Jim. You know, I, I brought uh, it's like in wrestling, all right. And I, and I know you love when I go to wrestling. Uh, although this is probably isn't the last time I'm going to go to wrestling during this broadcast, but um, they have wrestlers and they try to teach them how to do promos. Okay, and they all right, do this. And they bring them in and they coach them and they try to make them. But what they're trying to do is they say, "Hey, look, be yourself, but exaggerated. Do what you can to be your your per, yourself, but exaggerated." So they want them to be comfortable enough to be themselves, but they also want to amp it up because they're playing to twenty thousand fucking people, and that's a hard thing to do. So you know, when I got on Never Not Funny, I mean, I was I was me. Uh, but off stage, me was fucking hilarious, and I used to hear that all the time. Dude, you're so funny off stage, and I'm like, yeah. And, it was, uh, I, and Pardo was the same way. You know, I mean he was a guy who, was like, off stage, you just you'd laugh. He had died. I mean, he was just fucking great. Uh, the difference was, he was on stage. He knew who he was too. He brought the shooter character from real life into the stage, and and it was fucking gold. So that's who he was. He was never deviating or playing anybody fake. He was just an exaggerated version of who he was. And on stage, I was more. I was hiding. I was even hiding behind the mic stand. I mean, I still do it. I'll I'll hold the mic stand in both hands in front of me as if, I can't be seen. And I know exactly that's why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a crutch. I'm hiding behind it. And I would hide behind my writing and I would write material that was all it was really sharp and I felt funny and I thought it was really good because I was a really good writer, but it was all about other things than myself. I was not dealing with me. Uh, you know, I had a marriage that might have been falling apart. I had a, and I, I was dealing with the fact that I didn't know who I was as a guy and I, I might not have been the best person. You know, you listen to the first year of this show, uh, even in the credits, the the opening song it was like, I, I am a bad person because I was. I kept wondering if I was, you know, um, because I didn't know who I was, but I became me, you know, I became this, and it's, this is certainly there's show Mike and then there's regular Mike and there's an exaggeration of me. That's what I was. I, you know, it's never not funny. I just got a lob in bombs. That was fucking great. But then you do this show and, and you kind of, you have to be an amped up, exaggerated version of yourself. So when this dude is telling people what to do on their podcast and he's like, Oh yeah, you need to you know learn your voice and do this. And, um, yeah, but it helps when you sit down, you have a voice. So when I would get people who were just starting podcasting, who were essentially just starting entertainment, and they would go, yeah, we can't get anybody to listen, and we're trying to figure it out. And I'd be like, well, dude, I mean, there's a million people ahead of you. And the thing is, you know, that was 10 years ago. Uh, you know, t- that was when I started this show, people would write me. And now look at it now. Podcasting's a fucking zoo. I mean, it's like every... Dude, I, who did I just see was start, started a podcast? Was it fucking... JLo or somebody I was like what the fuck why what are you doing man you make movies but as I've mentioned before having a podcast is something you own you can do your own deal like I who was it it was Joe Coy and uh and somebody else was it Joe Coy I don't remember who it was but Vulture magazine did I talk about this on here maybe I did Vulture magazine or Vulture online presence whatever they were like uh there was some comedian, and I guess he was talking to another comedian, and uh, and he was like, "Hey, man, we should totally have a drag race discussion." Well, what if we had a drag race podcast? And they they kind of said it, and then Vulture magazine's like, "We'll pick it up and we'll do it." And so this guy tweeted, he's like, "Oh man, Vulture magazine stepped in, so you know, and next week our new drag race, RuPaul's drag race podcast premieres." Yeah. But what made me laugh about it was he made it sound like it was so impossible to do until Vulture stepped up. Well, all he meant was he wanted distribution and a platform, and he wanted a bigger name to promote him. That's all, because he could have done a fucking Drag Race podcast in his goddamn basement if he wanted to, call up this other famous comedian and have her come over, and the two of them could fucking talk about it. But the way he promoted it was like, oh, yeah, you know, we were talking about doing a podcast and how great it would be, and then we were kind of stuck, like we didn't know what to do. But then luckily, Vulture showed up with a microphone and money... And a contract and a producer, and we were like, "Yeah, okay, we can get this done." So next week, we. I'm like, "You motherfucker, don't don't pretend like you had you were stuck for it until these guys saved you. If you bought, you could go buy a fucking snowball mic and get a famous comedian in your fucking backseat of your car and talk and do that. That's that's what this industry was in the beginning. And look, was it good? Eh, some of it was good, some of it was bad. But not. But you know, back then, like I said, I would write people and go, "Hey, here's the ten names." But now, dude, forget. There's not ten names. There's a fucking thousand names. When I think about the fact that my buddy Pat Francis has a rock and roll podcast, he's been to Stuart Copeland's house. He's had Sammy Hagar on. He's had fucking uh, Susanna Hoffs, Rick Springfield, you know, the people that I love. And then he who did he just Nancy Wilson from heart? I mean, it's beca- and it's because of hustle. It's because fucking Pat is really great at what he does and he loves it. So he hustles. He calls promoters. He calls publicists. He calls managers and he sends emails and he sends texts and he does what he can and he tries to rope people in and he deals with. You know the the demands of celebrities if someone has them and he, deal, he deals with people not knowing who he is and he has to basically send them. Because again, every time he gets a big name guest, he can send that next guest a clip of him with a big name guest and they go, oh, well, fuck, if Sammy Hagar did this, then I guess we're okay. And uh, and I love it. I love that he fucking made himself, he carved out this niche where he just was like, yeah, and he's got, you know, that fucking Alexi Lawless guy loves Pat and David Wilde. Loves, these guys, you know, once you meet Pat, you can't help but love him because he's the fucking best. And so... I think of the fact that that's my friend. That's my friend. And he's interviewing Sammy Hagar and Rick Springfield just off his own fucking hustle, I, off, off of his own shine, man. I mean, that's fucking gorgeous. So so when you hear these other big names, like I said, these people who start podcasts and they get these, uh I, I I I wish I could remember the biggest name. I just heard a name. It wasn't J-Lo. It was somebody else. I mean, Conan's got one now. That That's another big one too, is Conan O'Brien has a podcast. And I'm like, really? Seriously, dude? I mean, look, Conan O'Brien's a genius. I love him. He's hilarious. But, uh... I mean, having your own presence on television every five nights a week for 20 years wasn't enough. You had to now you got to get a podcast so you can go deeper. Is that what you want to do? You want to go ahead and bring the masturbating bear into the fucking uh, the podcasting realm. I mean, and again, he's a genius. He's incredibly funny. And I'm sure the podcast is great. And he gets big name guests and he kills it. And good for him. But at the same time, when I saw it, I have to admit, it made me fucking double clutch where I went, oh, wow, really? That's another, because I mean, look, I'm not, I'm a niche show, man. You guys are great. You're loyal and you're bad fucking asses. And I appreciate every one of you. Um, but we're not Conan. We're not, we're not never not funny. We're not these big name shows. And so whenever like Conan shows up and, and this is my favorite part, someone, I heard somebody talking about podcasts and they're like, yeah, man, uh, you know, 10 years ago, nobody knew what a podcast was and look at it now. It's like fucking huge. And I'm like, mm. I think that's probably a lie because, <laughs> you know, Jackie Cation was doing it right when we were doing it and Gervais was doing it. And and uh, it just seems disingenuous. I saw a thing today or oh, not today, fucking two days ago. And it said uh, it was talking about Earwolf podcasting and Earwolf has uh, the biggest names and they named, you know, the, the, the usual suspects. And then in my head, I just thought, what about Jimmy? Jimmy's not fucking listed. How the fuck is Jimmy not listed? It's the gold standard. This fucking guy—he literally planted the first flag on the moon. He's the Neil Armstrong of fucking Los Angeles comedy podcasting, and uh, and yet they 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 name other people. And then, look, everybody else is great. Everybody's terrific, and everybody's the best. <laughs> I can't I can't. I'm not tearing people down. I just kind of wish uh, Jimmy would get some of the shine that he deserves. You know what I mean? He, you know he's started that fucking show in his living room. And, and look, and it's a monolith now. It's a goddamn empire, and it should be. And he, and he should be mentioned more and more. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will. T- I, this is going to sound stupid, and it's just me. This is my opinion. I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't said anything to anybody about it. But when Conan got his podcast, and the first five guests, he's got Pete Holmes and Will Farrell and whatever the fuck, um, I was disappointed Jimmy wasn't one of the first. Because you know what? Jimmy basically was co- the Conan of podcasting. Jimmy was a guy who, because again, Conan got that job. He was a writer on the Simpsons and shit, and he had some success, but he's like, why the, I don't even know why you want me on camera. And then he goes out and he does things differently than anybody would ever done. And he became a fucking staple. He made himself a name. Jimmy Pardo was a stand-up comic who was always fucking brilliant and funny. And then, uh, he, he went and he, he did something that nobody would ever think to fucking do. You know, the podcasting thing where everybody's, cause he even said, he was, I want to get ahead of this man. You know, he had Jackie and like I said, Ricky Gervais and Adam Curry, whatever the fuck. And he was like, we're doing this. And then he did it and he planted the fucking flag. And, and we used to go for tacos every, after every show and discuss, well, should we charge a quarter a download? Like how can we do? We were trying to figure out ways to monetize and make it work. In addition to being good and funny, We wanted to see a way to make it a business model. And, and he was, he was like that from the jump. Matt was like that from the jump. I was there for the tacos, (laughs) but I was happy to chime in here and there and try to make it as best I could. And, uh, and look at it now. I mean, it's 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 this cottage industry. Podcasting is essentially a a third medium from TV and radio. I mean, you it's it's radio you choose to listen to, you know, which is fucking astonishing to me. You program it yourself. You can go. I hate this. I can turn it off. Ah, oh, I like this guy. I want to find him. You can. It's radio stations you can seek out and find uh, that are about things you enjoy and like. And also, you're spending all the time with these fucking people. Like I. I, I and me, you're spending time with me. Like we said, there's fucking eleven years of material here, and a lot of you guys have been here from the beginning, and that's fucking fascinating to me. I love it. I am so grateful and 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 humbled by it, uh, and at the same time, I, I get I, I worry that I won't be what I'm supposed to be. Ah, uh, but nobody wants to hear any of that bullshit. Um, but I, I love it. I I, I don't even know how the fucking I spun off into that nonsense, but but whatever. So uh, podcasting, right? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that's about. Uh, well, it's a new year, man. It's 2019. So you do have to tie up every thread. That's how it works. And also, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm I'm fried right now because I have been doing uh, the 40-year-old boy Twitch channel, uh, which you know exists. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. If you're not a follower, please follow. Uh, it's free to follow. Subscriptions are... Uh, like five bucks whatever they're they're all different tiers there's tier one, tier two, and tier three and if you're an amazon twitch or i'm sorry Amazon prime person, you can get a twitch prime subscription which you can renew every month and uh that that's free to do, and then I split the money with twitch with that so it it doesn't cost you anything to subscribe to me to an amazon to, to a twitch prime subscription use it through your Amazon account, but you have to renew it every month because that's their rules and and whatever but the, the point is I've been doing it, man now for a couple of weeks, you know, Ahmad was really helping me get it underway and we were starting it and rolling and, and, uh, and I started doing some Twitch streams and it was like, well, I'm learning. We're trying to figure it out. And now I'm doing it every day. I've been doing it every day. I actually took off when, when I put him out on the plane on Friday, I did not do one Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. I actually took three days off, uh, because I had to get my own fucking life kind of, back. I had to get, you know, I had to decompress it get back into real life. Cause like I told you, I had just had an excellent two weeks hanging out with my friend and now I was like, well, I should probably, uh, you know, go go ahead and figure out how to do my laundry, you know, what I mean? all that shit, the shit I put off while he was in town, um, taking my recycling, you know, the, just this normal, just live a normal life. Go back to being a 50 year old man who lives in a fucking apartment. And, and so I did that. But then Monday I got back on the Twitch uh, horse and, and today's Wednesday, like I said, although now it's Thursday as we bled into, uh, <laughs> with, <laughs> as I started this show about 1130, whatever. Um, was it even 1130? Fuck. It might've been 1140. Uh, so Cause I was on a Twitch. I'll tell you, I was on Twitch today. I just was. And, uh, I have been doing this Twitch channel every day and I, it's just been, it consumes you, dude. It, it can, it eats your life and I love it. I mean, it's, I'm not, look, I'm not digging ditches. There's no doubt about that, but still man playing video, playing a video game for, uh, for six, seven, eight hours, which I've just done the last three days in a row. I did a six hour stream, a seven hour stream. And tonight I did an eight hour stream. And when I say an eight hour stream, that means I'm sitting at my desk playing Red Dead Redemption, talking to people online. So here's the thing. It's not just about playing a game. Like if you're just fucking getting high with your friends, you could play games all night, eat some pizza, you take a break, you go hit the head, you do whatever. Um, the Twitch channel is is like it's like a Mike Schmidt TV show, but also starring cowboys like. Uh, hmm. Imagine if a pro football game was eight hours of uninterrupted action. No commercials. And the announcers had to sit there the entire time and describe what they were seeing. They had to make small talk. They had to do chit chat. They had to talk about the action. And at the same time, they had to engage listeners. It, it is a different animal than I was used to. I mean, I look, I talk. I mean, I, that's I said, all I can do is talk. But being able to talk extemporaneously for up to eight hours, like I just fucking did tonight and have people engaged and interested in hanging around in addition to playing the video game, that's another thing. Is I got to play this game. So I'm, I'm getting into gun battles and I'm shooting people and I'm stealing shit and uh, and I'm, I'm taking baths, I'm getting shaves, I'm buying suits. It's totally fun. But at the same time, I have to make that interesting or fun or funny for the people watching because otherwise they could just play the game themselves you know anybody could just play that fucking game themselves and 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 experience all this fun. But the fact that people want to do it with me is the greatest. I mean, like, because again, I will tell you this: I fought this. You know, I fought, I fought my buddy Chuck. I fought, uh, uh, you know, when Geo was involved, he was telling me to do it, and and I was like, I was like, ah, dude, nobody wants to fucking see me lose at video games. And Ahmad was like, no, everybody does. I mean, there were everybody was encouraging, and in my head, I was just, I kept fighting it, I kept fighting the idea, uh, and then I settled in, and now after two weeks. I can't imagine not doing it. I don't know why I didn't fucking start sooner and I have nothing but confidence because I mean, I got people following me. I got new here. Here was, here was the, the one of the light up moments that happened. This is so great. Um. Wait, you know, did I stream Saturday? I might have streamed Saturday. It's sad. I believe it was Saturday. I uh, I did a stream maybe. Uh, I don't know. A couple of days ago and uh, someone showed up in the chat because we have a chat room, which by the way, that's a fucking crazy different animal. I there there's When you're playing the game, there's a chat room. So I have the chat room open on my computer and I have the game on a monitor and I'm playing that. You can look at me in a little postage stamp square up in the corner so you can see my face the whole fucking time, too. That's another thing. And also, if I'm playing eight hours, I mean, I can't I can't be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom because people will fucking leave. So I just wind up playing the whole fucking time. And then people are just like, dude, what kind of fucking bladder do you have? And I'm like, ah, it's it's the thing. You know, I I even drive an Uber when I was when I'm doing that. You know, I mean, I've just been that guy who it's never been an issue. Um. So sure enough, I'm playing on Twitch. We got the chat room and uh, two weeks ago, we we were in, we were raided uh, by a, a group of guys, a group of people, like probably like five or six people. And they came in and they just started uh, typing the same racial slur over and over in the chat room. Um, I want to say it. I, mean, I don't want to say it in a malicious way, but I want you to know what it was. So I'll, I'll let's put it this way. I'll tell you this. It was a, uh, you know, it was an ethnic slur and, and it started with a J and it ended with an O. And I could see where that word would have some appeal to some young people because it's a stupid word. It just sounds, you know, cause like the N word just sounds fucking harsh. I mean, if you say that, that's just a fight coming out of your mouth. It's fucking terrible. But this other word that starts with J and ends with O, um, it is disrespectful and it is racist and it is wrong. But when you hear it, you kind of go, All right. Well, that kind of sounds like something a little kid would say. I mean, that just sounds stupid because it is. And it's the worst part of it is it's it is it's stupid. Racists came up with this word, and it's a stupid nonsense word that just sounds dumb. And you're like, if anybody said it like unironically, you'd look at them and go, did you really mean that? I mean, that's fucking awful. Um but these dudes came into the chat room. And they just started typing it. Yeah, da, 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 they're typing this word, and then uh, and I was just like, "All right, well, the, this crew is here, and I don't know why." So I've got to engage in the chat room. So whenever I look over at the chat room, I see these guys doing this, and I'm like, "This is happening. That's terrible." Oh, and I so I don't know because in a chat room, I, I I guess you're supposed to have a moderator. Uh, at least I was told I was supposed to have a moderator, uh, and I never I just didn't give any thought to it because here's again, I don't think large picture. I don't think big picture. I think that the anybody who comes to watch me is going to be you guys. I think, and you're going to be cool, and you're going to want to watch me, and we're going to have fun. It's going to be great. I didn't think that there would be marauding raiders who charged in and just typed a racial slur over and over, and I'd be like, oh man, what the fuck? Because that, you know, it doesn't bother me at all because um, I'm playing the game. But anybody who's in the chat room just hanging out and having fun, these assholes come in and start a bunch of shit. You're just like, oh man, what the fuck? I don't want to deal with this nonsense. Uh, so that was the fir- that was the first raid we had. Then the next. Was the next day I think it was? I was doing a long stream, like a four-hour stream, four and a half hour stream. And some kid came in, and again, I still didn't have a moderator because I, I thought it was kind of funny. Because I, I and also I was like, this is all starting out new. I d I don't want to start banning people and all that shit yet. I don't I don't know how to fucking handle it. But you know, if you get 30, 40 people in the room watching you, 40, 50. I had 60 people watching me the other day. And I know that sounds small, and it is compared to the podcast here. You know, my reach is a lot larger with the podcast, but uh, you know, from what I'm told, because I read an article about Twitch and they were like, there are people who get on there and they, and they spend three years playing to nobody or one guy or two guys. And then they become friends like the, it'll be somebody who has another channel. So that person will watch your channel and then you'll watch that person's channel so you can feel like you're getting something done. And then you strike up a friendship offline and uh, and, and then you get married, I guess. I don't know. You get Twitch married. I'm sure you do that. And then nobody watches that because the two of you are at the wedding. <laughs> Unless you set up your monitors to stream it while you're not there so you can get the hit. Uh, and there's all sorts of things like affiliates and partner and all this shit. Well, I made affiliate in two weeks, not even like six days, and uh, and that was fantastic. And I mean, now I'm up. I'm, I've got almost two hundred followers. And like I said, there's some of you, uh, most of you guys, you know what I mean? You come out and a lot of people come out like, uh, you know, South Philly Paul and our, our friend radio Rob and, and, and look, I'm going to forget names because it's, I'm groggy already. And like I said, my throat is fried from all day to day, eight fucking hours. But, uh, but people do step in and, and it's mostly people we know, but here's what happened uh, uh, like last week. Oh, so I should tell you this. Um, the day after the, the racial slur dudes came in, a guy came in and he, uh, he just typed all of the game spoilers. Like he told me who dies and on what mission, and he told me where they die. He just started just and it was with all the just the ruthlessness of an assassin. Like he didn't come in and be like, ha, stupids, ha, lol. He just literally typed out, like, you know, Mike Schmidt, you die in a car crash at this cliff. Da-da-da. Dies in here and dies in that. And this guy dies here when he's doing this. And this guy, and he just he just kept typing spoilers. And I looked down at the chat room and I read them because I read, you know, I'll read the chat room out loud a lot. So I'm looking down and I read I read stuff out loud and I went and I laughed and I just and I looked at the camera because, you know, that you, people can see my face. So I'm reading shit out and I just look at the camera and I go, dude, you're not bothering me. I go, I'm just playing this game to have fun. You're not you didn't spoil shit for me. I'm just having a good time. And uh, and then he left. I think he, I, he just bailed. And and because, you know, he realized, I guess, that I wasn't going to fucking throw my controller through a window. And also, I'm old, man. I'm not going to remember that shit a day later. I don't, I don't know what the fuck. I'm, I'm, look, I'm in the bar trying to drink a beer and get information from a guy about how to go steal plans from an oil refinery. I'm not about to remember the shit that you just told me about who dies when I barely know the names of the guys in my crew. And you're telling me this guy dies then. I'm like, I don't even know who that fucking guy is. Seriously, I don't, I don't know who that guy. I, I'm good for him. I'm going to be just as surprised when he dies as I was when I fucking met him. Um, but the problem is it bothers the people in the chat room. Cause again, I'm playing uh, so I can be, I, cause I literally was like, you're not spoiling anything for me. It doesn't mean anything to me, but people in the chat room are like, oh man, this sucks. So, uh, so I probably should have gotten a moderator. Uh, and so a couple of listeners, uh, guys who come out like our friend Ruben, Ruben Jesse Cohen, he's like, Hey man, I'll be a mod if you want. You're not a mod. He'll be a mod. And he's like, I'll take, I'll take care of it. Whatever you need me to do. And I said, okay, well, and so we found out a way for me to type in that he was a moderator. And then Scott in Canada is another guy. He's like, I'll be a moderator. So, so yesterday I I, I went on a stream and I had Ruben be my moderator. It was My first one with a mod with eight, with a moderator. Fuck. Don't say a mod. everybody thinks I'm saying a mod, um, but it was my first stream with a moderator. And uh, <laughs> I mean, all right, look, this is, it's the internet. We all know it's the fucking internet. We get that. But I'm doing the chat and I, I'm, I'm reading stuff out loud and I'm playing the game and I'm looking down. We're all having a good time. Our friend J.K. Flash is there. We're having fun trading back and forth. Dave Zawaki shows up and, uh, and out of the blue, I look down and I'm like, oh, there's, there's Shaggy Dave. And uh, oh, there's Radio Rob. And oh, there's Travis Barbecue. There's Thor Chaos. And I'm reading, you know, it's all these screen names. And then I look down and I go, wait a minute. Dylan Klebold Columbine. Why Why is that? Why did he show? What's going on? And immediately it just says Dylan Klebold Columbine has been banned. Uh, moderator removed his comment. And I was like, good for you, Ruben. You know, quicker on the draw than I am with Arthur Morgan in the Red Dead game. Fucking Ruben got out the ban hammer and squashed Dylan fucking Klebold from Columbine. And uh, but also what? what uh, so that so that happened. Dylan Klebold from Columbine. And then maybe a half hour later, I'm doing it. I look down at the chat room, and I just see moderator removed comment, and I look at the screen name. Well, folks... We were visited by Exterminate Minorities who had popped in for to say hello, came in for a little chat with us in the Red Dead chat room. He, you know, he came over to the 40-year-old boy Twitch channel. He went to the Super Angry Gaijin Happy Good Time Twitching Hour, and he's like, you know what, I got something to say. If this guy, if he said Gaijin, maybe he's going to be like-minded. Maybe it's a chat room of fellas I can get on board with. So he brought his screen name of Exterminate Minorities into the Twitch chat room and I guess thought he was going to engage people in some very deep, political discourse and i just i went i don't even and thankfully ruben again just banned it the second he saw the name i think he banned the fucking guy i don't even know if he got a comment out it was just like extreme uh, exterminate minorities has entered the chat banned <laughs> smashed um and i don't i don't know what possesses you to do that i don't i mean i guess you know, if you're a kid, it's like when I made crank calls. I've talked about making crank calls when I was a little kid. You know, you're, I'm sitting there with my brother Lenny. He's accosting this neighbor, and he's like, "You're my problem, lady." And I'm like, uh, oh, I'm I'm listening. And even to this day, I can I can see us both sharing the extension, and him calling there and just going, "Oh, my!" I never, you know. And and then the fucking neighbor who we were with grabs the phone and he's like, I'm going to fuck your twat or whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like seven. And I'm hearing this guy say this. And I, even then it made me uncomfortable. Ugh. And, uh, and it's because the anonymity it let, it lets you attack, but these guys weren't even anonymous. It was Dylan Klebold Columbine and exterminate minorities. <laughs> they've got, they've chosen those names. They, they, that's I, I, what are you doing, man? I understand it's for the lulls and you, you're proving you don't have any feelings and yay, we're, you, I'm showing you that I'm, I'm tough and I'm, I, my skin is impenetrable. I mean, but still, man, bad shit happened at Columbine and, and minorities are having a tough enough time of it as it is. It is. Don't, don't name yourself that. And then I thought that was, a, a, you know, a, it was quaint to have those two show up, but luckily uh, my day wasn't over as Sandy Hook Massacre burst into the fucking chat room. <laughs> I mean, p- kicked in the door like a 20-year-old with an AR-15, just fucking burst into the chat room. And uh, and our friend Ruben, again, doing his job, just squashed right on him. So uh, that was Dylan Klebold Columbine. That was our friend Exterminate Minorities. And, of course, the always popular, very funny and terrific Sandy Hook Massacre who popped into my room to see what was going on. And I know, look, there's irony involved in the fact that I'm in a game where I am riding the trails and shooting people in the face for fun. Like, I mean... Cause I do, cause I do. I mean, if you, if you watch the show, I go pay my bounties, I do the good things and I do submissions. But sometimes if you see, there's a clip on the YouTube channel now where I just fucking shot a guy in the, in the chest at a post office. Cause it was hilarious to me. And he was, cause he talks shit to me. You talk shit to me. I give you the steely stare and then eventually you're going to get a fucking lead salad. It's going to happen. Um, even though I try to be good about it right now, my new kick now in Twitch in this game is I'm going out, I'm, I'm finding uh, mystery vegetables. Like you can go find growing carrots. You can go find what like wild thyme or mint. And then later on when you're at camp, you can cook minty pork or minty beef or oregano pork. And it's even more delicious. I think I know. I, I don't know. Arthur Morgan's still alive. So I must be doing something right. Uh, but but I, I you know, I'm out there having fun and rolling around and doing crazy shit and having a good time. And look, I'm shooting people in the face. I just the other, yesterday I went to pay a bounty at a post office and then I was walking out. This guy's like, get out of my way, you horse's ass. And I snapped his fucking neck right there in the post office in front of three people. I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, yeah, take that. Don't talk shit to Arthur Morgan. And then I went out and got on my horse and I rode out of town and I had to pay my $40 bounty or whatever the fuck I had to pay. <laughs> Cause but I snapped, his. I just, I literally, I was just like, what are you, why are you talking shit to me? And then I snapped his fucking neck. It's hilarious. So maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental about idiots who come in with exterminate minorities as their screen name or Sandy Hook massacre. I guess I. I guess there's violence all over the place and you can't blame it on video games. But I mean, what what irony, what edgelord, what fucking shit poster bullshit do you do to name yourself Dylan Klebold Columbine? And here's my favorite part. Dylan Klebold Columbine came in and then exterminate minorities came in and then Sandy Hook massacre came in. This is over the course of three hours. Now, I'm, i like, I said, I'm going for like four or five hours In in the fifth hour. Guess who showed up? Well, look, I don't know if he was looking for his friend. I don't know if he, if he was told to meet him there and they forgot to synchronize their watches, as somebody pointed out to me tonight. Uh, but Eric Harris from D- Columbine showed up uh, <laughs> two hours after his friend Dylan Klebold had been banned. And I, I just I felt so bad for Eric Harris as he popped his way into the cafeteria that is our chat room. And he looked around and there was nobody left. There was nobody there. They'd been all fucking ev- evacuated. And Ruben was there like a cop with a fucking gun and put one right in his eye. Banned. Uh, but I, I honestly, I laughed out loud when I saw it. I'm like Dylan Klebold Columbine, whatever you fucking idiot. But then three hours later within the same game, Eric Harris Columbine, I just pictured him all over Twitch looking for his rent. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan walking around in his duster coat with his fucking black socking cap stocking, socking. I I couldn't think of it. A toque. I wanted to call it a toque, but I don't want, I don't want to use the word toque. It was a winter hat when I was a kid, you know, like a fucking thing. You'd pull a beanie. Um, but he's he's just roaming around the Twitch chat rooms. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, where are we? Where are we supposed to meet? Where are we going, Dylan? Uh, and and but thankfully, Ruben was the moderator. And today, I made uh, Scott was also a moderator. So now Scott and Ruben were squashing guys, and I, I had dudes show up today who did dumb shit. Now, and it's funny, I've got other guys. Uh, there's some, and I didn't even tell you this. So a guy named cookies, one, two, three, I think was his name showed up and he's in Texas and he's having a good time playing. Some guy from Puerto Rico showed up. I mean, and these are guys, you know, I don't know these fucking guys. They don't know who I am. They just come to view the channel, but here's when I knew it was working. Here's when I gave myself over to the idea that this Twitch thing could be a thing that I could actually make work in a way that, uh, people were saying it would. And I kept saying, no, it won't. Uh, I think it was Monday, possibly Saturday. I'm in there and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting guys and doing dumb shit and I'm running around on my horse and I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Uh, I was just doing silly nonsense. And, uh, and some guys, and again, there's a guy in the chat room, never heard of him, don't know who he is. And he just types, you're funny. And, uh, and, and that was it. That was, that was an epiphany for me where I went, wait a minute. This is a way to find people who don't know who I am and maybe they all start coming. And, and I've, I've gotten almost 40 followers in the last two days. I'm doing these eight hour streams and people are showing up. And at one point get this, this is fun. Our friend Ahmad wrote me, uh, from Kuwait. And, uh, he, he was like, yeah, I'm glad you're doing the Twitch stream still. Cause he was worried like, he thought when he left, I didn't think this, he was worried that maybe if he left, I would lose enthusiasm and I wouldn't want to do it. But I, I'm on board, man. I'm all fucking in. I want to do it every day now. I want to do it all the time. I, don't want, to work out. I want to work out streams, and do them early and do them late. I want to do stuff for the international people. I want to do all sorts of stuff. And I've got plans. I'm just spending the next couple of weeks sitting down and writing them down and trying to figure it out and getting everything squared. Ah, fucking yawns. One of the things that I'll have to work out is um, stuff like today. Like I've got to do the podcast at a different day. It'll come out Thursdays, but I've got to record it because... I mean, I, look, I didn't plan on streaming for eight hours today. I thought it'd be done in three and then I'd bust out a podcast. But Jesus Christ, eight hours. Because yesterday I went seven. Uh, but it's fun. And, and, and when people are there and you're also, I'm laying the groundwork and trying to establish a new thing. You do it and you get new people hooked and you get them on board. And that's why, you know, you keep going on. I, I, I keep doing streams at three o'clock California time. And uh, and I think that's a good time right now. But I'd also like to find another time to do it. I want to play other games besides Red Dead. I mean, there's all sorts. Of, I I just this can work. I was worried about it. Didn't know if it would work, but this can definitely fucking work. And I'm I'm excited for it. So another thing I have to figure out is I've got you know it's the new year, so I've, I've got all sorts of ideas and plans and things to change. We all do. You know, 2019 comes along, your new year comes along, and you are like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, I, I I I want to to fix. You know, we all want to fix our lives, and I talk about fixing my life all the time. And and you know, I want to continue therapy with Shannon. Um, I I want to, uh, I you know, I got to take care of myself physically because it is it is just fucking. Uh, it's out of control. I, I'll, I'll tell you right now. You know, we got the Attaboy Fit Brigade. Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade. One of the things I want to do this year is I want to be a lot more active on there. My buddy Jimmy O is actually going to get involved. I, I, I let's put it this way: he and I are going to do stuff privately. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be in the Attaboy Fit Brigade, and I don't know. I don't know if he's going to, you know, be fucking active or public or whatever. But he texted me and he's like, "Hey man, uh, what are you doing for 2019 as far as physical and and you know? Because I'll help you out. And that made me really happy because I mean I you know if I've got Jimmy O to keep me accountable and me to help him be accountable. Uh, in addition to you guys at the, at the fit brigade, that'll be cool. I mean, you know, I always do this show fucking what every 20 shows, every 30 shows. Oh, boo hoo. I got to fix myself. I got to, but, but it's true. It's true. Um, I'm going to have to start drinking tea. You know me, I hate a fucking bag of dirt, but, uh, but doing an eight hour stream today and then trying to talk to you guys, I hope my voice isn't too fucking ratty. That's why I said in the beginning of the podcast, I'm like, my voice sounds ratty. But the more I sounded, I was like, you know what? It's good. I I like my voice, you know, I mean, I, but I've got to take care of it because if I'm going to be doing Twitch stuff and podcasting stuff and, and all that, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a thing, man. I got to fucking, I got to do something. So I got to figure out how to take tea and and make that work and, and drink that and, and, and help my throat. Um, I weighed in January 1st. I'll tell you that I weighed in and, uh, I don't even want to tell you the fucking number because it's such a fucking drag, but I'll tell you, uh, I weighed in at 361 pounds on Monday, and that is fucking big, because uh, you know I, I wrote a fucking sad ass blog at 3:40 once. So if I'm up at 3:61, things have gone completely awry, and uh, and I know exactly what it is. You know, it's chocolate bars, it's potato chips, it's fast food, and it's inertia. Now I go lift. You know, I, mean, I got muscles, but uh, I don't do any cardio. I don't do any of that. So so I want to change that. Will I? Yes. Fuck yes, I will. No chocolate. Uh, I, you know, I had my last chocolate bar on New Year's Eve and, and I'm, and I'm done with it. That's it. Finished. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out wait, You know, and, and I used to do that thing where I'm like, well, you can't just say no and you've got to go ahead and indulge. Fuck that, dude. I need, to, I need to grab the reins in a big way. So, you know, fast food is out. Uh, I, I, you know, I can eat, you know, with keto, I can eat burgers, but they got to be protein style. I talked to John about it and then I got a keto cookbook from our friend Ann Zill and there's burgers and that. So, uh, But the the key, the whole key to this is no, you know, no rice, no fucking potatoes, no fucking candy, no chips, no fucking fast food, no fucking processed food. And, and I, you know, so I want to do that in addition to cooking for myself a lot more and, and, and going to do cardio. Cause I'm, I mean, that's another thing. Cardio is important because I'm sitting in a fucking chair playing video games for eight hours and then I'm driving for eight hours. I mean, I, I got to do it just to make sure I don't get a blood clot for fuck's sake. I got to get up and move. And I, and, and so if you're on the little schmitty's attaboy fit brigade, I will be more active in there. I have not written a post because that's another thing. It's like, I'm trying to get my life scheduled in a way where I can be in bed by one or two and up by nine or 10. And then in the gym, and then and all these things, but uh, it, you know the sleep schedule is the hardest thing to break. So this week has been a little rough. Like I said, but Saturday and Sunday, I kind of I went and you know I watched the rest of the football games on Sunday, and then I was going to go to sleep. And then I I forced myself to go to bed at two, and I didn't fall asleep until five. And then I got up on you know and it was New Year's Eve and whatever. I, and then I start streaming because it's something I don't want. If I'm streaming at three, I don't want to wake up at one or one thirty. I can't do that shit. So. Uh, whatever. I, I've got plans and, and you'll gradually hear about them more and more as the year goes on. But, but, you know, I got, like I said, I got to start taking care of my throat because I don't want my throat to get fried. Uh, I'll be a, a lot more involved in the attaboy stuff and, and, uh, you know, exercising more. And if anybody wants to one-on-one meet, you know, talk to me about uh, uh, engaging in you know, Attaboy stuff. I'm happy to do that, you know, because they're, like I said, with Jimmy O, I'm going to do it with him. Um, and if people out there, just like I said, you know, some people, might, they might not be comfortable with the Attaboy page, fucking contact me via Facebook Messenger. We'll talk there. We'll go back and forth about it. Um, and I, you know, I just, I got, I, I my goal is 10 pounds a month. All right, so I, I talked to John. I go, I have to lose. I, I want to lose 10 pounds a month. He's like, dude, that's a minimum. And I said, yes, absolutely. That's a minimum. Because if I can somehow lose 120 by the end of the year, and get down to 240 by Christmas of next year, I'll feel good about it. But I would like to speed up that timetable a little bit and make it work. Um, so, yeah, so I... I, I I want to lose 10 pounds a month. I plan on it with cardio and lifting. And, and I think with the necessary changes, cause I've done it before, you know, I lost 90 pounds in seven months before. I mean, I've fuck, I lost a hundred pounds in a month after my surgery. So it can be done, but I has to do it in a, in a, in a, good way in a, in a, in a real way. So that's one of the things I want to do in 2019. I, I want to, uh, I want to be more social. Uh, I, I hide in my apartment so much, you know, I, I, I don't do the things I need to do. And now, especially with getting into Twitch, where I'm going to be here for eight hours in front of the fucking computer, I need to find a way to get out more, even if it's just walking outside. You know, when I talk about doing cardio, I always go to the gym and I fret it and I'm like, oh, God damn it. And I make myself do an hour on the treadmill or, and, and I'm sweaty, but, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed, whatever. I, that can't be a date. That can't be social. I mean, certainly I need to leave my house to go to the gym, but also, I mean, I can go out and walk. I like watching like softball, like like watching soccer. So maybe I'll go to like high school games or something. I something to be out in the fresh air, something to be out in the sunshine because I really enjoy that. I like putting on earbuds and just kind of walking around. That's fun for me. Go to a park and take some laps. I, I, and also more social. I want to go to more movies. I want to go out at night. I'm, I, I genuinely want to go to comedy shows. I would love to start doing stand-up more and more here in town, even just one or two dates a month. If I could go out and try to get on shows, open mics, whatever. Something to get on the radar of people um, I'm cutting a new voiceover demo and and I'm gonna start shopping that really hard because it's time to do that i I should be doing voiceovers I should be working in that in that realm I should be working in that milieu i i uh, you know, I should be better at social media. I want to do more Instagram, more uh, Snapchat. Eh, that's iffy, but Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and and all that, keeping you guys in the loop, keeping you guys involved, and being better about answering you faster your emails and things like that. Uh, that's on my list for two thousand nineteen. You know, like I said, I, the, the weight loss is a big deal, um, but being social and and meeting people and going to do things and not and and making a life that isn't about food. You know, I had a great time with the mod here for two weeks, but at the same time, you know, my culture is involved in food. I know all of the best restaurants, which is great. But, you know, I I, and I know where the Getty Museum is, but I've never been, you know, I've lived here fucking off and on 25 years. I've never been to the La Brea Tar Pits. I've heard it's great. Um, There are beautiful things that I've never seen that I need to see. I would like to try to learn Spanish in 2019. Now, that one's, that's, I'm just, I don't even know why I'm bringing that one up because I don't know if it's going to happen ever, but I'm throwing it out there at you. I would like for that to happen. Like I said, better social media, uh, less hiding, more social. And the most important thing, you know, well, physically, you know, the weight thing is a big deal, but the weight thing dovetails into this one, I think. If I feel better about myself, because like I said, I'm getting this influx of confidence from doing Twitch and getting new people showing up every day. And and also doing it and seeing that I can do it, seeing that I'm funny, seeing that I can pull it off and that there are people out there who are like interested in checking me out. Oh, I didn't even tell you this. Ahmad wrote me. I didn't finish the thought. Um, I better check because I don't want to get the number wrong, because then I'll look like a braggart or an idiot, and I don't want to be that guy. But he wrote me a note, and uh like I said, he was very happy that I was doing the streams, and at one point, uh over the weekend, I was the third most watched red dead streamer on Twitch. And and that's fabulous. And and I want to thank anybody who, who's listening who came and, and watched. Tanya always shows up. You know, Liam shows up from England. Liana shows up. Uh, I know I'm I know I'm missing names, but I'm I'm so happy you're always there, the people who come and, and hang out. Um and I want more of you there. You know, because I will tell you this look, uh if I can average seventy-five people watching me then uh, that then I become partner. And that's when it becomes my job. That, that's when streaming starts to actually pay decent money. Um, right now I'm averaging 20. I've had a high of 60, uh, but I usually get around 20 to 30. And also that 20 is taking into account the first four or five that I did where I didn't really draw much of anybody. And also a couple of streams I've done late at night where I've done, I've gotten like five or six people. So then I'm getting 35, 40, 60, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's been fucking great. So, uh, I need to get to 75 and and that's an average. That's not like a one-time deal. So, you know, I need to just keep expanding my outreach and hoping that it makes it, makes it work. And, uh, you know, just getting the confidence from doing it and seeing new people show up and telling me I'm funny or seeing a new person show up and then they show up again and they show up again and then they follow me and they show up again. Uh, it's fantastic. And then doing this show, you know, it, it informs me on this show because it makes me realize, Oh yeah, you are good at this. Yeah, you are funny. It all, it all feeds itself. It's like when I was doing up, you know, you would go out and have a good set and you'd be like, yeah, I'm fucking good at this. And they'd write two new jokes and you would do them the next night and they worked. It all builds. It's all, it's all fucking Tetris, man. You just got to fucking lock everything where it's supposed to go and you keep building and building and building to the fucking top. And that's, and that's what I want to do in 2019. Uh, That's what more social means and less hiding. I want to go out and I want to go do comedy. I want to go, you know what, even if I hung out at comedy shows, even if I went to see people that I know are funny, if I wound up getting back in that world, I'd feel good about it. And you know, part of that is looking better. So losing weight and feeling like I I belong and I look okay and I'm feeling good and I'm making efforts and it all builds itself. It builds and builds and builds. It's the Tetris of my life. And in 2019, I want to, I want to take it seriously, man. I want to make sure it is, it is what it should be. And, and, uh, it will be, it will be, I'm excited. And I know all of you will be with me on it, which is fantastic. And I will be there for you as well. If, uh, you know, you, you, you know, people write at me on Snapchat, they talk about going to the gym. Our buddy, Scott Palmiter is always active on the attaboy page. And I want to do that. You know, I've got to get my diet. I've got to start cooking all these different things. And then, like I said, it'll, it'll inform me going out and doing stand-up And, and my, the biggest goal I have in 2019, you know, physically, like I said, I want to get in shape. We've talked about this a million times. I always backslide. Um, but that's life. That's what happens. Hopefully this time I can grab the reins and make it work. And, uh, and by the end of 2019, I want comedy to be my job. I think I've said this before going into years where I've, 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 kind of, but, but now I kind of see it where it can be. And by comedy, I mean, podcasting, I mean, Twitch, I mean, live stuff. I mean, uh, you know, all of that stuff. I want that to take the place of driving or side hustles or any other fucking thing that I wind up having to do. The fact that I could, if I could, you know, stream five, six times a week, And then do podcasting, do podcast once a week, and then go do stand up at night and go out of town and do a show or two in in different cities. That's the goal. And that's all 2019 is about is, is losing weight, feeling better about myself physically, feeling better about myself mentally because of that. And then letting that just fucking wash over me as I make myself do the things I'm supposed to do to be having the career I'm supposed to have. And uh, I want you guys with me. You know, you guys have made me feel that it's a possibility. You guys have made me think that I can do this, even though I've told myself over and over that I can't. You've always been there to tell me that I can. And, uh, and so by the end of 2019, I, I want, you know, I want to have better stories for you. I want you to hear this growth. I want you to hear the things, the changes I've made. You know, I don't want to have just Uber stories or somebody fucking puked in my car or somebody was mean to me. I mean, certainly those things will come up eventually and, and they have to, but I'd rather be at a club killing than in a car getting fucking shit on. So let's fucking make that happen. I, and I'm talking to myself, not you. You can't make that happen. Um, I will tell you this, though. My Patreon page, uh, there was a goal I set on the Patreon page. You know, they make you set a certain goal. You know, I, I wanted to have this many followers. I'm going to have this. Well, what I wanted to do is I wanted to have a $1,000 a month on the Patreon page. That was the goal I set. And once I hit $1,000 a month, I would be able to do one weekend a month out of town and do a show. Uh, now, does that work out logistically really truthfully? Well, no, because, you know, I use the the money from the Patreon to support this show and support my life, you know, pay bills, do whatever I got to do. But fuck that. I made the effort. I made the promise. And you guys have gotten me so goddamn close that once I get over a thousand a month, uh, I'm going to start looking into doing shows once a month out of town. And I will say this right now. Um, I'm at 900 when I, as I'm recording this, my Patreon page says $980 a month. So the person who puts me over a thousand dollars a month, you can pick the first place I book a show. Uh, I can't guarantee it'll be in order, but I will I will give you your pick. You pick a city. And I will book a show in that city. And, and look, I'd prefer it wasn't a small city. I'd prefer it was a place where I could actually draw a crowd. And it wasn't just me and you hanging out in a parking lot. But if that's how it is, that's how it is. Uh, I do, you know, I do exceptionally well in Portland. I do well in Austin. I do well in Chicago. I mean, all those cities are on the docket. And I want to go to those places. I'll be going back to Ohio this summer. Uh, to see our friend Colette, I'll be in Toronto again, doing a show this summer. Uh, all of those things are coming. I, and I, I know I have built in markets there and people who want to come and see me and I'd love to open up some new markets. But the thing is, you know, to make that feasible, I've got to be able to go and sell tickets. And, but I, but I, but I really think with Twitch and the podcast and all that stuff, I'll have an outreach where I can work. But the point is, if you put me over the thousand dollars a month and I should say this, um, Cause it fluctuates all the time. I, you know, I'm at 980. I was at 940, and then, uh, you know, I'll, on the other side, I'll tell you, I'll thank the people. Well, fuck it, I'll just thank the new Patreon people now. We have, we have new Patreon people who've stepped up and and pres- prescribed. <laughs> Did you prescribe me some Patreon? Is that how you handled yourself? That I you handled your business? Um, I I have these. You know, I, I I like I said, it's at 980. I'm pretty sure is where I'm at, and. Uh, we've had new people jump on board. I don't know if I got to mention our friend, Nick James went ahead and stepped up and he jumped in and he's donated $5 a month. And thank you, Nick James for making that happen. And our friend, Tony Mendoza has stepped up to give me $5 a month. Thank you, Nick and Tony, Nick James and Tony Mendoza. You made that happen. And I appreciate that. And uh, we also just received a pledge on on the first day of the new year from our friend, Andrew, uh, who's donating now. So Andrew, Andrew, and who did not leave a last name, Tony Mendoza, Nick James, thank you all for donating to the Patreon page and get me that much closer to my goal, which I said, I think I'm at 980 last time I checked. Uh, but the person who puts me over a thousand, and the thing is it's gotta last for a whole month. I mean, it's, it's I know this sounds stupid. You can't put me over a thousand and then I start looking for a show and then you bail on me. That would suck. You gotta at least do a, a month <laughs> of where you're 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 kicking in. Um, but but you can whoever put puts me over the thousand dollar mark, you tell me where you want me to book a show and I'll book it. And I am right now looking into booking one weekend a month out of town, you know, because I I'm so close. I think it's going to make it. So like I said, and I can cheat, you know, I can do Austin. I can do Portland. I can do places I've been before and, and make that work. And I think I might do that for a few, but I'd like to get to a new place. I'd like to, you know, I've never done a show in Florida. I would love to go to Florida. Um, I'd never done a show in, I mean, I've done shows in Boston. I would love to go back to Boston. Um, you, you know, I, there, there's all sorts. Of, I have did Kansas city. I mean, I, I, it was pretty great in 2011 and 2012, man. You know what I mean? Because the, you know, I, I had a dual income house, so all the fucking income from this show went right back into this show. So I had to travel. I would I'd come and do the one man, and and I, I'm, you know, I want to write a new show and bring it out to you guys. It won't just be me. You know, when I was in Toronto last year, it was just me fucking around. In Cincinnati, it was me sitting down and doing this basically live podcasts. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and there's something to be said for maybe me doing two shows, maybe doing a live podcast. Look at me again. This is the way I always do it. And we talked about, you know, Mex and I came up with that idea of, of doing shows in hotel rooms, you know, whether, whether I got a hotel room in a town and then, and then everybody came over or even in somebody's yard. We talked about that. But the the point is, uh, I want to do one weekend a month and I'm so close on Patreon that I, I think this is a year it's going to happen. And whoever puts me over the thousand Mark, uh, gets, gets to pick the first city. And you can even pick your month. I mean, if you're traveling or whatever the fuck, um, you know, I have some stuff uh, that would be a scheduling conflict. We can talk about that, but whatever the fuck, yeah, I'll work with you and we'll make it work. And I'll come to whatever city you want me to be in because, uh, and I've said this before and I've I think I've said it every year on every new year, every fucking new year show. I've had the same thing and I've thought about it and I've, and I've, I just live in my skull and I tell myself, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But this time I want to say I can. And this time I think I'm close you know patreon has brought me close and twitch is making me think that this can be a, a real fucking success now i'm i'm not talking about to make 8 million dollars or anything like that but but i think i can be self-sustaining and make comedy my job and and i'm so fucking excited about it you have no idea dudes even with a fried throat i i, I hope it's coming through i hope the enthusiasm I, I hope the hope you know that that's let's say that I, not only the enthusiasm i i hope that the optimism and the hope that i have is coming through because I know I can get on here and get in my brain and be all eh hey, boohoo and what the fuck and that's natural. I mean I will do these autopsy shows where I'll turn myself apart and I don't mind doing that. And I'm not saying they're going away, but uh and maybe this is a manic episode. Who the fuck knows? I, I I don't know how you want to term it, uh but the point is I have optimism and I have hope, and I'm confident that 2019 is our year, and uh and I'm 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 thanking you now for bringing me to this point because you've you've rallied around and made me feel this way. And I know going forward, I, I, we're all in this together, man. You care. Everybody cares. And I can't wait to make 2019 the year we find so many more people to care. So many more people to care. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. Did you know I'm on Instagram? I am. Did you know I'm on Snapchat? I am. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. That's my name on Instagram and Snapchat. Mike40YOB. Follow me, friend me, fuck me, forget me. Do all those things on there, please. I'm also Mike40YOB on the PS4. If you want to add me as a friend or put me in a group or whatever the fuck they do on there, go ahead and find me on there. I'm Mike40YOB. Instagram, Snapchat, and the PS4. We've got the YouTube channel. That still exists. Uh, and also, I want to get your feelings on this. You know, I've been doing the Twitch gaming and i was doing those youtube streams for a while and i liked the interface but uh but the um how do i put this the Twitch is just so much easier for me to do, but it's also with games. I, I like talking to you guys as well. Just having like a chat and, and look, I do have plans on the Twitch in real life channel to do this podcast live and you guys can watch me do that eventually over the next coming months. Once I get comfortable with the format and I think that I can do that sort of thing and I'm not going to fail you. <laughs> I was just confident a second ago. Remember me? Um, but I'm finding my way. I'm finding my footing. But um, did, you, did you want me to go back and do the YouTube chats? Because some people I know, they, they don't get to go to Twitch. Um. Oh, before I, and let's before I get into this, uh, I want to thank Scott Metzinger, our, our listener, Scott. He was the guy who sent me the signed Heath Ledger Joker photo. Uh, I told you last week at the Christmas stream, I got a, a, a signed, an autographed photo of Heath Ledger in his full Joker outfit in the prison cell. And it's phenomenal. I can't believe I got it. And then Scott, I didn't know who it was from. And then Scott wrote me and it was him. And so I want to thank Scott on the air here because, dude, I mean, what a perfect fucking gift. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I appreciate it very much. And uh, I got gifts here in boxes from Ruben and from South Philly Paul that I haven't opened yet. But I'm going to open them (laughs) eventually, I promise. Um, So uh, if you guys want me to do YouTube chats as well as Twitch stuff, let me know. Uh, I can do both. I like doing both. I, but Twitch is just easy because you push one fucking button and, and Twitch doesn't cost you anything. You can just come over and visit me at the Twitch 40 year old boy channel. I'm streaming. I'm there. But if you liked YouTube and you wanted to comment on there and it was easier, because again, I will say this on, I like on YouTube, you know, people would give money or whatever the fuck and they jumped in and they wanted, they had a good time talking. Um, and maybe they don't like the Twitch interface. I don't know. If you still want me to do a YouTube one, uh, I'll, I'll do that. Maybe I can do one YouTube a week and then the rest on Twitch. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But you weigh in. And let me know via email, messenger, find me at all those places. I just told you, Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com uh, or, or Twitter. You can write me a direct message or write me even a note on Twitter or uh, or just find me, man. And let me know. Just, and we won't put up a poll. We don't have to vote on that. We got too many polls up, as a matter of fact, but not really. I, mean, I hope the whole Joker's page is polls. Just go ahead and do it. Um, so let me know if you want me to be on YouTube as well as Twitch or Twitch is cool or, or both or whatever you want me to do is great. And, uh, and so like I said, the YouTube channel does exist. Go become a subscriber to that. And we'll be putting up video clips of 40 year old boy Twitch gaming and, and, uh, the super angry guy, Jeannie happy, good time twitching hours in there. And we will be having more and more clips accumulating. That's another thing I got again, literally. I, I have a ton of work that I get to do now and, and that's fine. I'm excited to do it. I just got to make myself do it and I'm looking forward to doing it. New year, man. Let's fucking jump in. Both feet. By the end of the year, I want to be able to fucking edit shit and, and I'd love to edit audio and video. I, I want to learn everything, man, uh, in addition to Spanish. So uh, go to check out the Super Angry Guys have a Good Time Twitching our folder. There's two clips in there now, more to come and uh, become a YouTube subscriber. That'd be great. Go to the Twitch channel. It's twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy and, and be a follower. You can become a subscriber. You can become a Prime subscriber through your Amazon Prime. And all of that helps me and helps the show. Uh, and then just come check out a stream, man. Watch me go ahead and waste fucking horses and kill bad guys and punch people in saloons and, and go talk to a suffragette. I had a good time today, uh, and I love doing it. So it's fun. Go and check me out. Uh, you know, our, our, our friend Ryan Dirks, who's the best, and I have to contact him because he's another one I got to contact because we're going to do the website and get start putting the streaming dates on the appearances page on the Joe Business uh, or I'm sorry, on the, on the MikeSchmidtComedy.com site, we have an easel that will announce streams. Once I have scheduled streams and things like that, look, I see, folks, look at all the shit I got. I got a house of cards. I got to fucking build it. But our friend Ryan Dirks is available at Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Go ahead and uh, become his friend. Tell him you're, the, you're his biggest fan for the stuff that he does for the show. He does cool things and helps me out on a lot of the back end tech stuff. And of course, our great friend David Hernandez did all of the artwork for this show. He does all the music for this show. He did the artwork for the fucking Twitch channel, which is phenomenal. We got a little anime Schmitty in there and it's just, it's so fucking gorgeous. And we got more coming, you know, I mean, he's going to, he's going to do a Twitch thing for Facebook, like a a timeline cover eventually. And uh, I got to sit with him. There's another... Dude, there's a whole thing called streaming elements, and there's emojis you can make, and there's noises and sound clips. And I, I want to make this a fully interactive 40 year old boy experience at the Super Angry Guy Gene Happy Good Time Twitching channel. So, uh, and that's, like I said, at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. But David Hernandez, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend on there. Tell him how great he is, please. That would be perfect. But I'll tell you this he's also in the business of doing artwork, not just for me, but he's doing artwork for you. Go to the Twitch page and look at the cool-ass stuff he did there and check out all the stuff on my Facebook page. He does all the artwork for this show and does the music, as you know. But if you go and take a look right now... Uh, and you want to hire him for something else, here's what you do. You go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. And you look at the work he's done there. He's got his Valscapes and his guycons that he did. So those are examples of past works that he's done. So you can get a feel for his work and see what he can do. And this guy can do fucking anything. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly amazed when a listener to the show puts up a painting I didn't know anything about because they contact David who does a painting of them with their you know, they're, they're dogs or they're with a, a daughter. I mean, it's just fucking amazing stuff that he does because he, he's just so talented. He works in watercolor. He works in oils, whatever you would need him to do. He can do, but you got to contact him. So go ahead and get him through messenger at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and, uh, and tell him what you need, tell him what you want, tell him what you're looking for. And he'll just say, yes, yes, yes. You'll pay him. He'll give you a canvas, uh, with a bunch of paint on it. and You'll be fucking happy as hell. Uh, but if you want an example of the things that he can do, like I said, in addition to my Facebook page, I've mentioned his website. This is where you want to go. Go visit artbydmh.com to see any of his past works, see what he can do for you. And, uh, and get an idea of what you want to talk to him about before you talk to him. So then you come in there prepared and he can give you his fucking 10 different roughs and fucking, cause he's a spitballing King. He fucking, he just knows what he's doing. It's so solid to have somebody like that in your corner. I got, I can't stress it enough. So if you want to fucking hire him, go to artbydmh.com and check out his stuff. That is a R T B Y D M H. Dot com. Mm
1: Welcome to the Mexican's Rock
0: and Roll Limbo, where the lost souls of rock royalty pay tribute
1: to the 40-year-old boy. he's five years old, into show and tell he strolled. Nobody ever told him it's the wrong way. No, it's not cool, brought a bullet into school. Who you think you're gonna fool? It's the wrong way. He's too smart for the school he attends So he's gonna read on to his friends Salty tears running down Hartman. turkey no stuffing and now no wife and the house it smells like thursday Arnold's house Seek refuge in George Arnold's house You cannot seek refuge in George Get the shit out of these drums, dude.
0: We have sponsors of this show. As you know, sponsor single. No, no, we don't have multiple sponsors. That would be, that would be asking far too much in 2019. Let's just, you know what? I keep it clean. I keep one sponsor. Uh, it's our buddy fearful Jesuit in the paranoid strain podcast, fearful Jesuit who, uh, took time out of his Christmas holiday to text me a note because he knows that I fear for this planet and the globe. And he sent me a note with a uh, uh, hundred things that are really good in the world today. A lot of them involved penguins and safety. And that made me very happy. And like, uh, some spider that was going to die out. and then they found out he's not dying anymore. And I was like, all right, this is all pretty cool stuff. A lot of rainforest jungle stuff. But still, I can see it. it, it if you look at the globe in Toto, then there's good news abounding. Well, which is good. I mean, because, you know, you can get into the fucking social media poison here and go, ah, everything's awful. Um, but apparently there's 99 things. Uh, you know, I got, look, I got 99 good things in and a, and a bitch ain't one. <laughs> Although if you put a bitch on the list, maybe that'd be 100. Why not? 99 good things all over the world. Uh, And I thank him for reaching out and trying to explain to me that things are okay because he knows that I fret. Uh, But I do appreciate Fearful Jesuit and I love the Paranoid Strain podcast, which is our favorite show, as you know. Uh, Do me a favor, download the Paranoid Strain, subscribe to the Paranoid Strain all in iTunes. You can do the subscribing, the downloading, all of that stuff can go right there. And then leave a comment in the iTunes uh, notes section saying, you know what? The 40 year old boy sent us here. We downloaded and we fucking love this show. It's amazing. Uh, He's got all sorts of a backlog of episodes that are up there. You can get stuff about, like I said, sovereign citizens. You can find all the 9-11 shows Um, right now. The latest show is a flat earth saga. Which uh by the way, they're playing Coachella. I don't know if you heard they just announced the Coachella lineup and Flat Earth Saga will be there day two, along with Tame Impala, who I don't know who the fuck that is. Is that that Tame Impala seems to me like it would be like my morning jacket, but they went for the horse name instead of the clothes name. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know. Um so all right, Tame Impala's there along with uh who I, what did I I don't even know who I just said. I I literally my joke band, I can't even remember who the fuck it was, but they're there. Uh, so, oh, flat Earth saga—that's who it is. I just—it just popped into my head. Uh, but you can download that right now at the iTunes Store. You can write him a note at paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Uh, and just—and tell him you know, tell him you love the show. Tell him we sent you. You discovered it through us. That would really make me happy and make him happy. And, and listen to this flat Earth show because again, you get to hear about Pythagoras. You get to hear about Aristotle. You get to hear about Eratosthenes. Uh, tons of Bible nonsense. You'll—you just. There's theories about the sun and how far it is and you'll, you'll, it's just, it's again, uh, I will tell you this, when, when you listen to the flat earth show, it's very crazy. It's a lot of crazy and a lot of it packed into this show. And you might really need a list of 99 good things in the world. So text me when you're done, go ahead and write me on Facebook and go, man, that flat earth show laid me the fuck out. Cause I can't believe there's mu- that much crazy in the world. Please send me a list of 99 things that are great. And I'll be happy to pass along the link that our friend fearful Jesuit sent to me to save my Christmas holiday. So he's a sponsor. Uh, check him out. He's the best. Hey, do you want me to call your brother? Of course you do. Do you want know, me to send a video to your best high school teacher? Yeah, absolutely you do. Then you want to download the Cameo app to your phone. The Cameo app, which right now has the has like Caitlyn Jenner and Brett Favre and all these other famous people on there. And then just me in the ghetto of Cameo waiting for your 20 bucks. That's all I'm doing. You know, you can hire all these other people for $500. I'm sure every any number of Kardashians are on there. Guys from the NBA benches that are all washed up. Sam Decker, I know, was on there for a while. Perhaps Chris Heron. Any old white players that Rex Chapman, maybe he's on there. You get Rex Chapman, maybe white chocolate, Jason Williams, any number of old white washed up NBA guys. Are there. And when I say washed up, I don't mean in a bad way. Like, I mean, I, you know, you get to be washed up if you get to be doing things for so long and then you don't do it anymore. You're washed up. I guess it sounds rude. How about this way? Retired, non-active white NBA players. I'm sure they're lurking. Swen Nader might be there. You can go ahead and get him to give you a call. However, I'm more concerned with you finding me for 20 bucks. Because I'm sure Swen Nader, you fuck, fuck. That's got to be like a thousand dollars, right? To get a Swen Nader, to get a Mark Eaton, to get a Sean Bradley, to get any other freakishly tall white dude, and to get a big country Bryant Reeves to send you a note on Cameo. That's a ton of dough. Don't spend it on those guys. Spend it on me. I'm half their size. I might weigh as much as them, but I'm not as tall, certainly. And I, I got to cost at least half of them. Um. So find me on Cameo, and, and I'll send a note to your cousin. Don't you want me to tell your cousin to, to, to bear down Chicago Bears if he's a Bears fan? Or if he's an Eagles fan, don't you want me to taunt him after they lose this Sunday? And they will to your Chicago Bears. Your NFC North champion Chicago Bears are going to stomp the life out of that national bird. It's going to be fucking beautiful. Uh, but in the meantime, why don't you get down your cameo app and book me and, and be the guy, the lady or the guy who says, Hey, that's a guy I really want telling my kid to do his homework via the phone. And I'm happy to do it. So download cameo and book me now. Do you want to drive for Uber? Do you want to drive for Lyft? Of course you do. Do you want to ride with Uber? Do you want to ride with Lyft? Perhaps you do any way you want it. Any way you slice it, you can use this code. Well, these codes, I should say there's multiple codes. Lyft all caps, Mike seven, two, double O five, seven. That's Mike seven, two, double If you want to sign up to drive for Lyft, use that code and, uh, and it'll work out great because then I'll get money and you can, I'll be your Uber pimp as you hit the road. And also if it's your first time riding for Lyft, use my code, Mike seven, two, double And, uh, and, oh, you know, what? I just thought of something. What if I gave that out on Twitch? That's probably bad. I'm sure they got a rule against it, but if you use it to get your first ride on Lyft, you get some savings and I get some spiff and and I and I, it's great and I'm trying to fight off a yawn fuck. All right, sorry. Uh Mike seven five, five seven all caps. M I K E all capital letters seven five, five seven on Lyft. If you want to drive for Uber. Use my code DJZW1YTTUE, that's DJZW1YTTUE, all lowercase, and that's the number one in the middle of that. And also if you're a first time Uber rider, and I don't know how you could be because everybody on the fucking planet stepped doing an Uber at this point, but if you are the first uh, rider, or uh, this is as a first for you, use the code there, and again, I get a spiff and you get money off and everybody's happy. DJZW1YTTUE, all lowercase with the number one in the middle, for Uber, use it today. Please go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and go to our Joe business page. There's stuff for sale there, as I've mentioned. Uh, but most importantly, folks, there's an Amazon link right there that you can use to go ahead and do all your shopping on Amazon. And look, if I mentioned, if you're Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to me on Twitch with your Twitch or your Amazon Prime and make it a Twitch Prime subscription, which I don't think costs you any extra, but gets me money anyway. Well, that's fucking great. You got to renew it every month, but that's fine. I'll always be here to remind you. How terrible is that? Uh, so please go to our channel and or our channel. Jesus, I, dudes, eight hours of streaming today talking about the channel. I know uh, I'm I'm a little fried. I'm all right. We we'll back it up, and I'm not, I'm not even joking. In my head, I went back it up. So I got to hit R1. That's how fucking weird I am right now. Um, go to the go to mikespeakcomedy.com. Go to the Joe Business page. Click on the Amazon link. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly. It doesn't cost you anything extra to click that link. It just means that you're using it under the our umbrella under the rubric of Mike Schmidt, comedy.com. And then we get a taste of the gig. It's fucking fantastic. So we get money. They get money. You get stuff. Please go to the Joe business page on Mike Schmidt, Click the Amazon link there. You can't miss it. It's big and bold and bright. And then all of a sudden you're in there shopping at Amazon. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything But 20 seconds to get to my website and click through. And you got 20 seconds for me, don't you? Don't you got a spare 20 seconds? I hope so. I would have 20 seconds for you, says the guy who didn't answer your email yet, but I will. ha. <laughs> that'll take longer than 20 seconds. Uh, and I'll throw this out there again. Remember, Patreon exists and all the stuff I said before. All right. Because I, I just I have to say it again on the backside here. And uh, I want to talk for a second about today was a, a rough day. You know, uh, you know, they always say death comes in threes. So I woke up to a text from a, a friend of mine this morning, and he was like, dude, rest in peace, mean Gene Okerlund. And then as the day went on, we lost uh, Bob Einstein, comedy actor. Uh, he is, he was super Dave when I was a kid and then he became Funkhauser on curb your enthusiasm. And then, uh, and then we lost Daryl dragon from captain and Tennille. Now uh, I'm not going to wax rhapsodic about Daryl dragon. I love love will keep us together. That's a great song. And I love the fact that he was the captain and he wore a captain's hat and he played a piano and he had the hot Tony Tennille. He was banging good for him, but, uh, but he didn't really mean anything to me. Uh, but Bob Einstein, you know, I, I, and I will say he didn't really mean anything to me either. He did. I, his brother is a genius, a comedic genius and a huge influence. Albert Brooks, who is an unbelievable influencer, a talent, a comedy giant. And Bob Einstein in his own right was also a comedy giant because I'll tell you what I I hated super Dave. I won't lie. When I was a kid. All my friends loved Super Dave. We would talk about it all the time. they be like, oh, my God, you see him get smashed into the fucking backboard. And, uh, you know, he would he was he would always be he was a fake stunt man and a bad thing would always happen to him. They would throw like a fucking dummy off the roof. And I, I didn't appreciate it. Because, you know, I in my my mind, I wrote it off as like physical eh, whatever. I, I liked more intellectual stuff, even as a kid, 13 years old, 14. I liked Monty Python and shit. And uh, I like George Carlin. And I was like, ah, you know, this is just dumb. This is a guy running into a wall. What the fuck? Um, which is exactly what it should appeal to a kid like me. But then you get older and you watch it and you go, oh. Oh, okay. He was spoofing the entire fucking thing and he was all dry and deadpan. And, and, uh, I missed that when I was a kid. And so then I got older and I saw it. I appreciate it in a different way. Now, did I still love it? Probably not. But then he shows up on curb and he's, he's Funkhauser and he's fucking phenomenal. I mean, the best part about curb is anybody who fucking gets Larry to, to spin off the planet. So you got Richard Lewis. You got, you got Bob Einstein, you know, Garland does it too. And they just, anybody who can fucking thrust and parry with him and, and really gets him into a zone. And whenever they would go at it, I mean, look, fucking Palestine chicken. That, that is, that episode is ridiculous with the fucking yarmulke wrestling match outside. And, and just the smile on Funkhauser's face, all of it, everything he did, he was just, and then when he'd swear, like you didn't expect him to swear and he'd swear and it came out of nowhere. Um, He's so good. But Bob Einstein just, uh, it's a loss, man. It's a terrible loss, especially for Curb because he was just a huge part of the ensemble over there. And that's a drag. And again, I feel bad because Albert Brooks has got to be torn apart that his brother is gone. And uh, and we're all getting older, man. You see guys just falling away. And uh, guys I watched growing up, like I said. And and I, I, got, I got to say, man, Mean Gene Okerlund, I, I thought about it even more and more. That guy was a major influence on me. I know it sounds ridiculous. But again, anybody who had pipes like that and anybody who uh, who used language, who 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 was able to put up a a how do I let's put it this way. I, I hate Saturday Night Live because it's a badge of honor if you break in a sketch. They think it's hilarious. They're like, oh, my God, that guy laughed so hard at that sketch because you just couldn't get through it. And it was look when it happened to the Debbie Downer sketch, you couldn't help it because it was so fucking funny the sketch itself. I, and I know that thing of being in a room where comedy's happening and you're trying not to laugh. that can be difficult, but if you're a pro, you can fucking work it and pull it off. And the thing is now they're laughing at shit that to me isn't, I don't, I don't see the funny in it. And maybe that's just me, whatever. But the fact that they break and the fact that comedy is, is, uh, is treated in such a way where it's okay to break. Like it's not, it's not important. You know, it's, it's, I, I feel bad myself sometimes when I do shows where I, I'm not prepared, like if I don't write properly and uh, and I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to let the audience down. And there's a great quote from Sammy Hagar. He's like, man, you get one shot. You come to this city. These people are waiting for you for eight months and you show up. You got one fucking shot to make them remember you. And if you if you blow it, that's all they're going to fucking talk about. And the funny part is one of my shows for that is fucking Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. The first tour, the 5150 tour, Sammy was sick. And he couldn't, he could barely sing. They did an hour on stage. And then two nights later, they did a concert and they told everybody who came, uh, Hey, you're getting the real show tonight, Chicago. I was sick the other day. I'm like, fuck you, man. I paid to see that show. And that hurts. That sucks. So when you watch, uh, you know, when you're not prepared, it's, it's not good. So when you watch Saturday Night Live and these guys are reading cue cards and they're laughing at sketches, it's like they're, they're kind of shitting on the legacy of whatever the show might've been in the past. You know, when they, they, they didn't break and they, they wound up doing sketches that meant something and that were written. And I know you're going, "Well, how the fuck does it mean anything with Mean Gene Okerlund?" Here's here's why. You know, if a comedy sketch player breaks in a sketch, it destroys the sketch. I mean, they'll get through it still, but all anybody wants to talk about is the fact that that guy broke. Mean Gene Okerlund played a straight man in such a way, I, I he was Dude, again, his voice, it reminded me of my friend David Lawrence's voice. It's one of those voices that's like a foghorn. I mean, it just cuts through all all other sounds. And he was an extemporaneous speaker off the top of his head with an unbelievable voice, but even more importantly than anything, pro wrestling, look, especially when he did it. This is before pro wrestling became self-aware. There was still a thing called kayfabe, where guys didn't betray the secrets, and they had to treat things like they were real. You know, they had to treat... Hulk Hogan getting his ribs broken by three big splashes like he really had his ribs broken. You had to act like there was a level of import that you could never get in any other entertainment. It was a sporting event as well as entertainment, but the sporting event aspect you had to sell as real. And there's a guy named Gordon Soley who a lot of people think is the best wrestling announcer of all time, but he was really good. But he was was kind of a... uh, He was like a Walter Cronkite type of guy. Like he was the Walter Cronkite of wrestling in that... He, he dealt with it in a real fashion and sold it to you in a real way, uh, and he but he dealt with it like it was deathly serious. Mean Gene Okerlund was more of a, uh, I, you know what I would call I would call him like a Brent Musburger of wrestling. When I was a kid, they would do this NFL Today show, and Brent Musburger would go, you are looking live at sold out Soldier Field, and he was a hype man in addition to a commentator, and he held the whole thing together. There would be Irv Cross. There's Phyllis George. There's Jimmy the Greek. But the center of the entire thing was Brett Musburger, making sure it worked. Gene Okerlund was the center of the World Wrestling Federation. Now you can have Vince McMahon yelling and screaming on the microphone. You can have the entertainers, the performers. But mean Gene Okerlund would do promos. All right, because the promos are what sell wrestling. In-ring action, especially back then, eh, You know, it was it was. You could take it or leave it. It was a lot of punches, a lot of elbows. You didn't get a lot of luchador style. Yeah, it was all personalities and all selling those personalities. And nobody sold those personalities like fucking mean Gene Okerlund. Because I'll tell you what, if it, he played it serious, and he, he look, he would break on occasion. All right. I'm not going to lie to you. And when he because but that, what made it special is when he broke, you didn't expect it to happen because he was so good at selling you the straight man aspect of wrestling. He he's protected kayfabe. He protected these characters and. Certainly, there were wrestlers that were normal people. Tito Santana, the magnificent Don Morocco. Roddy Piper was a maniac, but he would have to interview these guys, and he would parry and trade with them. You know, he was, he was a babyface announcer who would antagonize the heels, but he also never went over the top. He was just a guy giving you the story. It was fucking beautiful. And then he would, he would have to interview an idiot like Papa Shango. Papa Shango was a voodoo priest, who would come in and cast the spell? And and he one time he made Mean Gene Okerlund bleed swamp water. I mean it was it was again so stupid. But Gene Okerlund sold it in a way where his hand was shaking, and he was just like, oh, oh my lord. Uh, he, and and he sold it as if it was completely fucking real. And and the respect you have to have for that in a time when they were selling. Circus strongmen and guys in dumb masks and Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And, you know, here's a big Russian. Here's an Iranian. And just all these unbelievably larger than life stereotypes. Hacksaw Jim Duggan with a two by four. He would crack over people's heads. And Gene Okerlund interviewed them as if they were heads of state and made you believe it. He never winked uh, in a way that was d- that would make the business look disreputable. He would wink. In a way where, look, I'm in on this and you're on in on this and we're all in on this, but not in a way that made you look down on the product. He, uh, it, it, I, I can't explain to you the magic of watching him with Randy Savage. You have to Google it. He, he would, he would talk or King Kong Bundy. This is a man. This is a man in a suit interviewing a giant bald guy named King Kong Bundy, and he's taking him seriously. King Kong Bundy is snarling about how he's going to fuck up Hulk Hogan all over the world and steal his belt. And Bobby the Brain Heenan is there yelling into a microphone, making fun of Oakland's lack of hair and his mustache. And, and he's doing this faux outrage. Bobby the Brain Heenan, I don't I don't have to take that from the likes of you. King Kong Bundy, what are you going to do? I mean, he's selling it in, a, in the most gorgeous, perfect way possible. And the Savage Ones, that's... I'm telling you, those are magic. Savage is gorgeous. Randy Savage is, oh, yeah. When you see him, he's insane. He acts insane. But but for it to work, you need a straight man to play off of him. And Gene Okerlund plays off of him in a way that I can't describe. Because Randy Savage would just be an idiot. He's a guy talking in circles. He talks like an idiot. He's got a woman that he treats badly. And you would be like, oh, I hate this fucking guy. But his personality and his humor was able to shine through. Because Gene Okerlund would set up fucking balls for him and he would crush them over the fence he would just lob them in and savage would turn on these fucking balls and smash them there's an interview you got to find it it's called cream of the crop if you google gene okerlund randy savage cream of the crop you'll see exactly what i'm talking about because gene okerlund sells there's that one and then there's another one where savage comes out with like candy and he's going to dump candy on his head he brings two bowls of candy. I can't even remember the name of that one, but cream of the crop's the important one. And I'll bet if you go down a YouTube hole, you'll find the candy one. But <laughs> Savage comes out and he's like, Oh yeah, Tito Santana, yeah. Hulk Hogan 1986, yeah. And Gino is just he's holding the microphone and he's and he keeps saying, I'm the cream of the crop. And he keeps pulling out little creamers. And you don't know where he's getting them from. It's like it's almost like he's a magician doing fucking uh up close. Uh, I forget the name of it. The, the the magic, sleight of hand. He's doing sleight of hand because he keeps pulling cream containers out of his out of nowhere. And he, it's almost like when your uncle would pull a quarter out from behind your ear. Well, he keeps going, oh yeah, the cream rises to the top, yeah. And he puts a creamer on his head, and he keeps telling Gene, I could smash this on your head right now. He puts one in his pocket, and and Gene is just, he's he never winks, he never laughs, he never looks at the camera to be like, this is stupid, right? He treats it like it's deathly serious, and he's like, come on, macho man, you've got Elizabeth. You always seem to as traitor. her. I mean, just, he he moves the story forward. He's the perfect yes and guy. And when I heard he died, I was so fucking bummed. I mean, I know he's 76. It was time to go. But Jesus Christ, was he an influence. And you got to watch it again just to see. Get, get cream of the crop. You have to check it out. Just as he's, because Savage would come in and he's just fucking vibrating. He's just, oh, yeah. And Mean Gene is just handling it. He's just handling it. You don't come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick.